Blog Talk Radio.
opportunities that you have laid before us. We praise you for this radio program. We thank you for the electronics. We praise you, Father God, for the new job that I have, as hard as it is, to uh, keep things up and running, the electricity turned on, the bills paid, etc. We just praise you for that. Father, we thank you for our awakening um, many years ago in some cases, for some of us just a couple of years ago, and for some of us decades ago. Father, we just praise you for being you. How awesome are you? How awesome is the cosmos? How awesome is all of creation? How awesome are you, Jesus? How merciful are you, Father? And we praise you so much. Because if it, if it, if it wasn't for your mercy, none of us would be here. There are so many of our fellow brothers and sisters who have not wakened up even to the basics of what's going on today. They're still trapped in churchianity, listening to people tell, give, give excuses and write books of why that we couldn't possibly be in the tribulation. They're still doing what they do, and we love them, and we pray for them, Father. We pray in the name of Jesus that if there is any way that it's possible, if it is within your will, because it may not be, because there are many actors, many groups of Christians that do different things during the end times, and you may have decided already who's who and who's who, you know, and we don't know these things, but we pray if it is at all possible that there would be an awakening and that you would look upon the hearts of those who are stuck in the grips of churchianity and the unfortunate lack of understanding of the days that we're in right now and unfortunate lack of so many things. We, Father, we just pray in the name of Jesus. You will look upon their hearts, look upon and find, look upon their hearts and find the ones that have the the, the right ingredients, the the right spiritual acuity, the right amount of sensitivities to be able to sense, to feel that things are not things are awry and that they should uh, deviate. They need to maybe not stop having their fellowship, but at least do some digging on their own. 
looking around on the Internet perhaps for some of them. Just, Father, wake them up, we pray in the name of Jesus. Have mercy upon them as you have had upon us that they might be able to understand where we are in the, in the end times and prepare, um, not just by saving up extra food and things like that, um, which not everybody is able to do because of their income and children that they have to feed, but, Father, just touch them. We pray for dreams and visions to fall upon them in the depths of the night, Father, to awaken them. Help them to see. Let them stumble across a YouTube video. Let them hear somebody say something. Let them watch Tucker Carlson, for crying out loud. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that our fellow brothers and sisters in Jesus' name can be woken up, as many as, as is possible. For you and you alone, Father, know their hearts. You and you alone, Father God, know that you don't want one to perish. And you, Father God, we believe with all of our hearts that would rather that none no one is a foolish virgin although we know that the vast majority of christians ultimately will be and a certain percentage of them will sadly be cast into the great tribulation and become part of the tribulation saints and father we just praise you and we just ask you please anoint and wake up awake up our family members awake up those who are dear to us help us you know even if we're not able to reach them through word we pray that you will anoint and reach them through your mercy somehow and break away those who have been tricked and sucked into the riptide of the uh, Seven Mountains Mandate, folks. So many, millions and millions of Christians, millions and millions, Father God, and you know this. We pray if there are any of them that can be awakened and realize that they've been led astray, we pray in Jesus' name, Father God, that you will awaken them one way or the other, whatever it takes. Help them to understand so that they can be ready, but not be afraid. I know so many, Father, as you know that I know uh, enough. I know a good number of people who are they are just older, they're mid to late 70s, early 80s, and they just are horrified at the idea that they might have to suffer in the ways that your incredible word tells us that we may have to suffer because they just haven't been listening to the right things. They haven't been studying the right things. They don't understand kingdom dynamics, and Father, only you can help them. Nudge them along in the name of Jesus, we pray. We pray for our fellow brothers and sisters worldwide that they won't be caught off guard, that as few as possible will be part of the foolish virgins. And the vast majority or as many as is is possible through your mercy, Father, will be awakened by angelic visions and dreams and a touch from the Lord Jesus while they are sleeping deep in the night or be led through some other means, electronic or otherwise, to understand that what they're hearing in churchianity is not what they're seeing and feeling in their spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. And now to him, our Lord Jesus, who's able to keep us from stumbling and present us faultless before the presence of your glory, Father God, in the throne room. Very exciting. With exceeding joy. And to you, Father, our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power both now and forever. Hallelujah. Amen.
Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So I was sitting in this chair <laughs> here in the Golden J.I.B. studios in lovely Tampa, Florida. Why don't you come visit us someday or not? The way these freaky-deaky airplanes are getting there is these woke freak meters. Oh, my gosh. And 50 hours of training right out of high school. Who wants to fly now? Oh, man. Talk about taking your life in your hands. Anyway, um, yep, so I've been here about 12 hours sitting in this chair. No wonder my... Uh, as uh, Forrest Gump would put it, no wonder my buttocks hurts. <laughs> right, kids? My buttocks hurts. <laughs> Does yours hurt? Spanky, it looks like your buttocks hurts because your spanky was spankied, right, Spanky? <laughs> yeah, well, cause sometimes you got to get spanked. We all know that. We all get taken behind the barn once in a while from our Lord. Praise his name. Thank you, Jesus. All right, so um, uh, where am I? What time is it? Okay, so by the time we do this three-hour program, I'll be on this chair for 18 hours. And since I didn't have a chance to (laughs) eat anything for dinner or whatever, um, since about 1 o'clock this afternoon, I um, feebly attempted to have a protein bar uh, just before the radio show started. <laughs> so, like the it, it, you know the the uh, intro to the program, and you know it ends like you know um, the music's playing, and I can hear it come to the end. And I, I just had started eating this uh, Quest uh, Keto protein bar, and I'm like, my mouth is full, and I'm trying to chew it up real fast. You know, it was my first bite. And then all of a sudden, it was like I had to start playing, praying. So I swallowed it, hoping I wasn't going to choke on the darn thing, and then um, uh, was able to say the prayer. And then the, the music, you know, the um, the uh, come and be holy music, that little snippet, gave me just enough time to wolf down the rest of that protein bar. So praise God for that. Right, kids? Pretty funny that I have to do that, isn't it? You guys are having big mac and cheese dinners and all kinds of hot dog chunks inside it and all that kind of yummy stuff, huh? I knew it. All right, well, kids, why did the puppy do so well at school? Why did the puppy do so well at school? Because she was the teacher's pet. (laughs) Right, kids? Any of you the teacher's pet? Huh? 
All right. Well, if you're the teacher's pet, that and you're not going to a woke school, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I, know, I, I know. I know. Okay, kids. What did the clock ask the watch? How are you doing? Get it? How are you doing? <laughs> hey, I'll take it. Well, that was the second swing, and I got a yay. All right, kids. A man drove his expensive car into a tree. And what did he find out? He found out how a Mercedes Benz. <laughs> Get it? You know how a Mercedes Benz when you hit a tree? Come on, kids. You're I know. Anyway, hey, I got, you know, whatever. I'll take I'll take whatever I can get. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So the first thing we're going to do is go into the news, and then um, I'm going to take a wing at it. You know, uh, this is a subject matter. It's complicated to share, but not. It, it is, but it isn't. It's complicated to share <laughs> when your boss is, like, trying to, talk to you and do stuff at like 5.40 in the evening, and you've got barely an hour to prepare for the show, not even that. Oh, oh guys, f- folks, get this. They figured out that I know business continuity at my new job, and they're coming after me. They're all coming after me. I've suddenly become extremely popular. Now I'm like working for two different departments, and i got deadlines for everything. That's all right. Okay, so anyway, praise God, thank you, Jesus. Uh, we'll, I'll, you know, whatever. But we'll take the blessings as you can get them because it could be the opposite. I could be out there pining for a, a gig in a crummy, you know, uh, uh, you know, economy, and I just praise the Lord that that's not the case. But, um, I, you know, I, I'm, I don't know, man. I, I'm trying to figure out where I'm going to get all the energy from. So I've, I, I did find this really cool video. Now I'm not going to play it tonight, but I'm going to tell you about it. And I don't know if you'll be able to find it uh, out on YouTube, but I will try. Take a quick look. And it's called Surf the Urge. And I want to see Dog Nabbit. Oh, I might not be able to find it because you know the problem is when the, when the apocalypse is so when we're when we're when we're going crazy like we're going right now see i know what i did i i i tried to send it back to my um inbox but i'm dealing with tens of thousands of emails i mean i don't know i it's it, i don't know what the actual number is it's probably hundreds of thousands and um so what happens is i'll send an email back to my inbox so that i can find it and have it come up as a reminder email because i want to do something with it later but then what I don't realize is that it's going to come up by date. And when that happens, it's a real problem because I don't know what the date of the email was. So then I have to scroll through literally every single page has 100 emails on it. And then sometimes I got to scroll through, you know, pages and pages and pages of emails to find the one that I want. And then I just give up. I'm like, okay, there's, there's this concept known as a, the diminishing point of returns. And I know that one well. And you have to be, it, it takes a certain intellectual acuity to understand and to be able to abide by the diminishing point of returns. So I say to myself, 
given all the things that I've got to do, which is a lot, um, it's not, it's way more than any human should be subject to. And I asked for it. I got it. Toyota. All right. So anyway, so I'm a Toyota commercial now. Um, but anyway, uh, so the diminishing point of returns basically says you have to use this kind of logic to say, how long, how many, you know, how much, how many hours am I going to have to spend hunting for that doggone email now? Um, I can, I can try this. I can try searching on a keyword. This might work. Let me see here. Surf the storm. Let's see if it comes up. Dum dee dum dee dum 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 dum. Nope, didn't come up. So at this point, um, the diminishing point of returns has passed. I am over the hump and I have lost it officially, and I'm not going to hunt for it. Um, now I could probably go through the history of my web browser, maybe get lucky that way. Praise God or and bless. But I will tell you verbally about it. It was very interesting. I'm all, I'm really really big on self help cognitive behavioral therapy, all that kind of stuff, because I have discovered that the cogn- the CBT studies, I, it, there's so many of them out there, folks. There's the CB, Cognitive behavioral therapy comes in a hundred different forms, so, and a and hundred different types of doctors practice their versions of cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT. Now, um, for whatever reason, I have uh, stumbled across uh, one or one in particular that uh, is focused. He focuses for whatever reason. He's a neurological um, holistic doctor, and he. Long story short, he um, he's really big on uh, dopamine for obviously great reasons. Um, when you understand the dopamine flow in your body, um, you also have the ability through. Um, behavioral changes that are conscious, hopefully, well, they're going to be conscious or conscious because you're going to need to do certain things to benefit by those um, for, by those uh, surges of dopamine that your body can can create. What I have discovered through the now dopamine is the pleasure uh, hormone. Well, I, you know, this is probably really stupid and I'm probably butchering it, but I'm going to try my best. So dopamine is basically what your body creates when you have pleasure. So when you're sitting there in praise and you're just completely immersed in praise and you got praise music on and you're just focusing on Jesus and you're singing songs and you don't even know the world, there's no world, there's no bad things, there's no digital ID, there's no ESG coming, there's no locked doors on the uh, uh, refrigerators and facial body scanning sensors, uh, you know, up in Ottawa, uh, in Ontario, you know, and, and you're just immersed. Immersed in, in, in Jesus, and you feel that rush of peace come over you, that is a dopamine rush. Now, there are many other ways that we can generate a dopamine rush, but one of the things I can tell you from personal experience is none of the herbal supplements that claim to elevate your dopamine levels work. They don't, because I've tried every single one of them. All right? It, it, it would be because if there was a such thing, it would be known as a feel good herb. Okay, and then everybody would want it. And I can tell you, like some of them that are that, that are thought to enhance dopamine levels are things like GABA, G-A-B-B-A, and some other ones. Um, and I, I've tried them all, you know. And, I, and then I've even had people tell me things like, "Oh no, you gotta eat, you gotta put like eight shovelfuls down your throat. So it's gonna take about three hours to get enough GABA in you." And I'm like, oh, 
<laughs> that is just absolutely no way. I'm not doing it. So, you know, I anyway, I tried all the herbal stuff, you know, because there for a while, I, you know, and you know what the funniest thing is? In reality, at least for my body, and everybody's body's different, for my body, the biggest, the, the fastest, most amazing way to get a dopamine surge is to do the 16-8 um, uh, religiously, you know, militaristically do the 16-8 intermittent fasting where you stop eating at 7 p.m. and you don't eat anything until 11 a.m. the next day. Of course, with my job and, you know, my even my new job is very similar to my old job in that sense, there is no such thing as a lunch break. Now, you can try to work it in, but it doesn't really work out too well. So what ends up happening is that there's a critical mass. There's this thing where you, when you're doing a 16-8 fast, you're, you're, you get, when you get to like 11 o'clock the next morning, you're so hungry, you're starting to look at like, you know, your computer mouse and wondering if you rip it apart, if there's something tasty on the inside of the thing. I mean, you're starving. And um, now granted, the longer that you do it, the less starving you are at 11 o'clock the next day. So it levels off after a while, which is really good. But it can also be bad, too, because you got to keep the furnace running. See, one of the number one mistakes people make when they're trying to do these kinds of things is that they, they stop eating because they're no longer hungry. Well, unfortunately, that causes their body to go past the state of ketosis into the state of uh, – essentially, it's a starvation phase where your body starts to hold on to fat instead of burning fat, which is very, very bad because it, counter, it, it completely wipes out the whole reason for doing it in the first place. All right, so anyway, but I've discovered that the 16 by 8 uh, intermittent fasting – combined with an Atkins phase one under 20 carb uh, food regimen between 11 and 7 p.m. Uh, works unbelievably well. And it, and it jettis- I may not go into like full-blown massive ketosis where I'm like registering some high level of five or seven uh, on their little scale. Uh, but I'll tell you what, if I even get to like, you know, close to ketosis, I can feel the dopamine surge. Which is good. It puts me in a good mood. Um, you know, it doesn't mean that I don't get exhausted. I do. I had just before I started the show. I started. I was actually sitting here stuffing that protein bar down my throat, and I'm thinking to myself, should I have an energy drink? And then I'm looking at the clock, and I'm like, oh man, that's going to affect my sleep, and I probably ought to should not do that. So I I surfed the urge. I hope you can find it out there. Maybe I'll get lucky and I'll be able to – I'll blessed or whatever you – however you want to put it, and I'll be able to find the video again. Uh, but basically this woman, this lady who's a, a neurological specialist in cognitive behavioral therapy has been studying human behavior for a long time. She would have people who smoke cigarettes, which, of course, that's a real strong one, uh, you know, a strong uh, addic- addiction. Um, but you could apply it to any behavior. Now, why is this kind of cool in the Christian walk? And, and I've always said that this program is applied Christianity. It's, it's about applied Christianity. You know, you can go anywhere and watch some preacher jump around on the stage and do absolutely nothing but maybe make you smile once or twice in a whole hour and a half. But you're not really going to get all that much benefit. I mean, you know, of course, the body of Christ inside the building will all give each other big Jesus hugs at the end and say, wasn't that a, boy, that was just the best preaching I have heard in a long time. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, <laughs> okay, great. 
All right. So anyway, I personally like preaching that convicts me. I want preaching that's going to make sure I make it into heaven and hopefully the barley harvest. I don't want a person just jumping around on a stage waving American flags and telling everybody why the tribulation isn't here yet. Forget that noise. It's absolutely nonproductive and it's utterly impotent. Okay, now that I got that off my chest. (sighs) So anyway, Surf the Urge, she explains several examples and she the one that she really leaned on the example she leaned on the most was the the cigarette smoking group and she said that she made them all that it was like 10 people in the group and she made them all go a full 24 hours without a cigarette they had to agree she was going to test them the whole deal kick them off if the, if they didn't play by the rules, all that kind of stuff. She also did it with people who had eating disorders with Hershey Kisses, and she did, like, they would do, put, like, special hidden marks on the Hershey Kisses to make sure the person didn't sneak a kiss and put another one in a box, that kind of stuff. Well, anyway, with the smokers, um, she, she, um, she said, all right, now we're all here, and we're going to surf the urge. And she said, the first thing I want everybody to do is take – you know, bring, did you all bring a pack of your favorite cigarettes to to this exercise? And they all did. She said, take out the pack of cigarettes and put it right there in front of you and look directly at it. See, she knew that all of them were jonesing for a cigarette really bad by that point. And they were just freaking out. They wanted a cigarette more than anything. They pushed their mom off a cliff for a cigarette at that point. And she said, all right. Now, what I want you to do is stare at that pack of cigarettes for five entire minutes. I'm going to start a timer. Ding! And she'd start the timer, and everybody would stare at the pack of cigarettes, and she would tell them to do breathing exercises, deep breathing exercises, as they looked at that pack of cigarettes. And they would all be like... Looking at that pack of cigarettes. Then the next thing she said is, all right. Now, everybody take the foil wrapper off the top of your cigarettes and open up the pack so you can see the cigarettes in the pack and set it down in front of you. And everybody did it. And she said, okay, for the next five minutes, I want you all to stare at the cigarettes and breathe deeply. She goes, ding, starts the clock, and everybody's going, you know, and you've got to believe these people are flipping out. So then the next thing she does is she has them all take one cigarette out and put it up and smell the cigarette and hold it right in front of their face. And then she hits the thing, ding, and she says, for the next five minutes, you're going to look at that cigarette and you're going to, you know, deep breathe and think about not smoking that cigarette. And they all deep breathe. And anyway, she walked them through like seven or eight steps and... She discovered that over those seven or eight steps, the more they practice surfing the urge, surfing, that's what she calls it, surfing the urge, the more they surfed the urge in little tiny bite-sized chunks, the less interesting their brains became to the idea of actually lighting the cigarette. Their urge decreased because they surfed the urge very slowly in incremental steps. 
By the time they got to the point where the um, uh, to the point where I wish people that are my friends would recognize that when I am on a radio show, please don't text me. I don't care how much you love me and how much you want to tell me something. Please don't text me. I need I need an autoresponder for my text messenger that says thank you for texting me. But I am live on a radio show, and that, the radio shows occur between this hour and this hour, Wednesdays and Fridays and Sundays. Uh, and I am happy to respond to you. Then I wish I could like set up an autoresponder that was like right what whatever. But anyway, surfing the urge, I thought to myself, wow, this is ingenious. I even got myself a cheap little bracelet. You can do, get these customized bracelets at Amazon, and you can put like a little phrase on them. And I put on it, surf the urge. And um, so why? Think about it. Apply it to any behavior in your life that you know is not something God would prefer that you do or think. Okay? Whether that's getting angry at somebody in your household or some family member that just pushes you to your limits all the time, what, or, your, or a major anxiety attack associated with the behavior of a spouse or something along that line, whatever it is that you know is ultimately outside of the perfect will of God and un, un-Jesus-like in your, in your walk. And it may not even really technically be a sin, but that behavior might lead to something that's kind of on the border a little bit, right? And you just want to overcome it. If you learn to surf the urge, the moment that you feel that coming toward you, the moment that someone slaps that pack of cigarettes down in front of you, the moment that you feel that, oh, no feeling, that anxiety, oh, no, not again, your husband calls you up or you see them going somewhere they should not or whatever the case is or somebody says something to you and you're like, oh, boy, here we go again. And you know you're going to go into a fit of rage, which, of course, is not a behavior that is okay with the Lord. Okay. Um, Outburst of anger is identified as a thing that will keep us from inheriting, you know, not occasional outbursts of anger, but, you know, it, the, what it, the way it words it in Galatians 5.19, it says, those of us who practice such things shall not inherit the kingdom of heaven. So we want to fight and not regularly and routinely practice the things that are in Galatians 5.19. We need to be very familiar. Contentions, dissensions, disagreements, it's all there. Become familiar with it. Some of them are easy, sexual immorality, sorcery. Those are, those are low-hanging fruit. I mean, it's been a long time since I said, you know, abracadabra, you know, chair, move across the room, whatever. But you know what I'm saying? It's the little stuff. And if we learn to surf the urge, catch it as early as possible, and boy, I can think of a handful of things that I want to put this into practice with. That's why I got the little bracelet. I just want to see it every day, sticking me right in the eye, surf the urge. When I feel like I want something and I know it's not in my best interest, it's going to dork up my dopamine fix from my Adkins phase one and my intermittent fasting. And even if, and I, you know, it, it's tricky because really you have to learn to change your behavioral patterns. There's all kinds of different things you have to do to help you surf the urge. Take that deep breath. Close your eyes. Think very hard 
about the negative aspects of doing whatever that thing is that you have that urge to do, which is almost certainly coming from the flesh. Not always, but almost certainly. That's So that's why I'm sharing this with you, because I think, I believe with all of my heart that every one of us have certain behaviors that we know in our heart that we need to get over. And if we learn to surf the urge, uh, then we can potentially be proactive uh, and, um, uh, you know, maintain our goals and not let loneliness and depression and all the woes of the world. It even says in the Bible, you know, don't let, I forget where, I think it's like Luke 12 or somewhere, but, you know, um, Jesus basically warns, you know, that we're not supposed to uh, let the uh, end time stuff get us all bothered, that we start to get drunk and beat our slaves or something like that. And then we'll be given, you know, uh, uh, our part, you know, with, 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 with the people in hell or whatever. I don't know. I, I'm I'm totally... Um, Paraphrasing. All right, praise God anyway. Let's go ahead and go into the news. Thank you, Jesus. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? It's not normal. It's just wrong. Uh, wrong. It's not normal. This is me. Game over. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I could play this, but the kids would have to clear out of the room for sure. So I'm not going to play it. I do have it right here, and I could double-click it and play it. Um, But um, the guy who created the movie, um, what is it, 2,000 Mules or something like that, Dinesh D'Souza, a long, long, many, 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 many years ago, and I do mean like back when Obama first got the presidency, Dinesh D'Souza had an, got an interview. Now, how he pulled this off, I have no idea, but he got an interview with a uh, – I'm just going to use the normal clinical terms – a homosexual white man, and he ended up interviewing this man – and then uh, the interview made it on the Internet, and it flew around uh, just about as fast as Michael Obama's um, manhood. Um, you know, the videos with her in the white tights and dancing around and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, so um, – and he explains how he did homosexual things with Obama. We'll just leave it at that. And then he said the very next day, Obama came back to his hotel room because he wanted more, um, which, of course, should be no surprise to those of us who know exactly what we're dealing with here, the Antichrist. It, it even says in the book of Daniel that he will not have any affinity for women. So anyway, um, but what's fascinating now is they have brought this video that's got to be at least 10 years old. Up And uh, it's floating around now, uh, of course, on my finely tuned Twitter feed. So for 
any of you out there that like to self-punish yourself, uh, you could uh, try to find a person by the name of David Wolf. That ends with an E, by the way, W-O-L-F-E, and uh, flip through his stuff and look for a uh, Dinesh D'Souza or a white man uh, that looks an awful lot like, um, oh, gosh, Good, good morning, Vietnam. Okay, he looks very much like him. But anyway, um, and you can listen to it. But what's fascinating is the fact that when you listen to it now, more data leaks out. Because, again, it's that, that concept. If you, know, if you don't know, you know your, your algebra well enough, you can't go into to geometry, right? So... It turns out that this guy's recorded testimony of having illicit times with Obama, multiple times, at the very end he mentioned something about Hunter Biden being there or something along that line. <laughs> okay, and, and so they brought it up. No, 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 no. No, I'm sorry. Let me correct that. The, per, the Biden was Bo, B-E-A-U Biden. I don't know who Bo Biden is, but he mentioned that that individual was there at the time. And um, uh, he refers to it, uh, this David Wolf guy refers to it as the Bo, Bo Biden and the Biden crime family. Uh, it says, check out what he says at the one minute and 30 second mark. I wonder if I can do that without having to play all the nasty stuff. Hold on a second. Let me double click it and see if it comes up. Here it comes. Hold on. I was looking for someone to enjoy the night with. Okay, hold on. <laughs> this is tricky. All right, let me see if I can take it to the one minute and 30 second mark. Okay, um, I'm going to take it to the one minute and 28 second mark. And uh, let's see what he says. Something about the Bo Biden and Biden crime family. Let's, let's see what it says. By the D.C. Police Department upon the orders of Bo Biden, Attorney General for Delaware. So this is Joe Biden's son, Bo Biden. It is. Apparently he had a grand jury indictment from two weeks after I went public on Obama accusing me of theft that never took place. Oh, okay. Got it. So, oh, yeah. So I remember I, I didn't really appreciate listening to the whole testimony because it's kind of gross. But anyway... um Actually, it's not kind of gross. It's incredibly gross. But anyway, um, uh, so basically what happened was when the guy went public with what happened, when he discovered who Obama was, he didn't know who Obama was, had no idea. To him, it was just he was just picking somebody up in a bar. And um, uh, then he saw him on, I guess, the uh, Democratic National Convention uh, when he was first presented to the world as the uh, for forerunner of, you know, for presidency, which we all know is a complete orchestrated setup from the bowels of Sheol. And for for super duper obvious reasons, we all know because he is the Antichrist, and they all know that. But anyway, but it's just fascinating that what happened was as soon as Barry Satoro, okay, found out that this guy had said something public, he calls up Bo Biden, who's the you know 
uh, Department of Justice for Washington, D.C., and sends them to sick this guy and put him in jail. Okay. So anyway, that, of course, made him 10 times more wanting to come out and give his story. All right. So anyway, I, I did want to just briefly mention that because the behaviors of these entities goes way, way back. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Too much evil for me. Time to move on. All right. Now, uh, just so you're aware, there was a report that a Russian Su-27, which is one of their more sophisticated jets, uh, intercepted a United States Air Force B-52 bomber cruising over the Black Sea. Now, why do you think? Why am I like pointing this out? Well, because I have learned an awful lot about how the Russians think, how the Russian Federation thinks, because I spend a disproportionately large amount of my study time for the radio show following the dynamics that are occurring in Ukraine, the how, the why, the when, the history of the Azov Battalion, all that stuff. Plus, of course, I have my friend Tatiana, who still has her mom stuck over in um, Odessa. And, you know, it it just keeps things moving, and I stay very, very closely in touch with the dynamics. Like right now, they're still fighting real hard over this major city. It's a major – got to take Bakhmut. Bakhmut is in their way, okay, and they got to clear it out like they did Mariupol. And unfortunately, what's happening, it isn't so much that the the uh, 16-year-old draftees that uh, the evil – Satanic Zelensky is throwing into the war are having that much of an effect against the Russian Federation. That's not the problem. The problem is that there are so many mercenaries from France and the United States and CIA agents and Poland, and they're all over there fighting on behalf of the Ukraine. And they're using new sophisticated weaponry, and our CIA is using, or at least was, using probably is the Starlink satellite system to position there. So when they launch a missile against Russia now, they're hitting it first time. And that's a real problem because Russia, the Russian Federation is no longer fighting the Ukraine. The Russian Federation is now at a full-blown, full-blown war with the United States of America. Okay, and, and of course you could say, well, it's a combination of the United States of America plus NATO equipment. But in reality, when you understand how the Santanic, global Santanic crime syndicate actually works, and the fact that all of the leaders of the European Union nations are under the control of Klaus Schwab and um, um, uh, you know, Biden and Obama, the Antichrist and all this other stuff, when you get how the control grid works, it's really just one big control grid. Okay? So, and believe believe me, Putin gets it. All you got to do is listen to Sergei, uh, or I'm sorry, um, all you got to do is listen to Med, Medvedev. Putin won't come right out and stick, stick an ice pick in your eye, but Medvedev will. And if you pay attention to what he says, you're getting the whole story. And they have, they absolutely know. They know. So when in my Russian Federation war doctrine studies of, well, over a year now, heavily, uh, some cases two hours, uh, some, some cases 10 minutes a day, other cases an hour a day. And in some cases over the weekend, I might actually do two to three hours or more over that weekend of listening to extreme detail associated with what's going on over there. And part of that training 
um, has helped me to understand what's known as Russian nuclear doctrine. And Russian nuclear doctrine basically states that we will not use, unlike ours, the United States of, of Obama the Great has uh, come out and published a new nuclear doctrine that says we reserve the right to nuke you for any doggone reason we feel like. That's the new American doctrine. And we broadcast it to the world. If we don't like you, we can nuke you. It's just, just as simple as that. Well, the Russians are not as evil as, you know, Obama and Klaus Schwab and, you know, all that other stuff. So, and the Pentagon and the Black Ops, and I could go on and on and on. All right. So what, so Putin is a person that is very, very ethical. And so he is doing everything he can. He knows he's being lured into World War III. He's well aware of it. The problem is you can actually push past the, the, the red line of the Russian nuclear doctrine. And one of the ways to do that is to run B-52 bombers over their territory or close enough that they believe that by the time they can go launch ready, that B-52 could be over Moscow or over Russian Federation territory. And that is the line. So when this Su-27 uh, interceptor uh, pulled up alongside of the B-52 and said, get out or else we will shoot you down, they knew. They doggone sure knew they were going to get shot down. So anyway, it is now turned into a nuclear cat and dog dynamic. Um, you might say, well, so many people have been saying the nuclear thing, the nuclear thing's been going on for over the year, blah, blah, blah. The only reason, look, we have, we have done everything. Look, it's Putin. It's Putin's personal ethics, his desire not to see his own people die and not to get involved in a war. And he knows he's being taunted. He knows the game that's being played intimately, and he is resisting for now. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. All right, so this, this particular headline, you might say, well, this is coming from David Icke, and he's kind of a wacko, and I'm, I'm here to tell you. David Icke has had his times in the 70s when he said a few things that uh, weren't okay. Okay, but uh, he kind of recovered from that, and he's done some incredible uh, – uh, he's written, I don't know how many books, probably about eight. I've read two of them. One one is, uh, I think it was called Children of the Matrix, and the other one's called The Greatest Secret. Um, unbelievably revealing he he doesn't understand christianity and that makes it a problem because he sees christianity as the catholic church and he knows the catholic church is incredibly satanic so he doesn't want anything to do with it and he thinks that essentially that the aliens are involved and it's part of controlling mankind now all that being said he also was the one who ultimately blew the greatest the loudest whistleblower and trumpet across the world regarding shape-shifting reptilians. So he got the whole shape-shifting reptilian awareness thing going on. He was the first one to publish uh, Christine Fitzgerald's testimony, the very best friend of, uh, of um, oh, uh, um, Diana, okay, and all that. And we covered that in the, uh, the uh, Reptilian Overlords shows. All right, now, praise God, we're going to move on. Now, 
Anyway, Ike is reporting, and he's usually about, I don't know, three months ahead of everybody else. Um, And he is letting everybody know that currently they are doing another, yes, you guessed it, tabletop exercise for the next big pandemic. Okay, and it is, and I'll read to you, a powerful report put out by the People's Voice breaks down the latest pandemic simulation by Bill Gates that specifically targets children. The simulation is called Catastrophic Contagion, and it was a roundtable exercise in October of 2022 organized by the World Health Organization and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, which, of course, we all absolutely dearly love, right? And it's an enterovirus, and it targets children, and has a super high mortality rate. Okay. So anyway... um, that's being thrown up. Now, I went ahead and did some looking into it. I found a white paper, and sure enough, not too many months ago, folks, think about it. It's only March of 2023 right now. This happened in October of 2022. So what is that? October 23rd of 2022. So we can scrap October, and that's November, December, January, February. That's basically four months ago. Four months ago. Are you following along? They had health ministers from Senegal, Rwanda, Nigeria, Angola, Liberia, Singapore, India, Germany, and, of course, our favorite pink uh, sweater wearing. And what's with the whole waving of the hands thing? That sounds very much like that guy that was meeting up with Obama to me. But anyway. Who knows what was on the uh, menu for, uh, you know, Epstein Island. We don't know. But, of course, he was just going there to have conversations and things like that. All right, next one up. Hallelujah. Okay, excellent talk on digital IDs and the ESG program. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm going to go ahead and play this because it is excellent. Thank you, Lord. All right, hold on just a second. Now, of course, it doesn't tie it back to the Bible. I don't think anybody does that but me. All right, here we go. Sounds noble. To set aside your constitutional rights, then you have no constitutional rights. But the people who rule us do not want you to see this. They want to pit people against each other. They want to incite fear. They want to divide and conquer. I guess what I'm saying is, don't think that they won't do this to you. If we accept the fact QR code grants us access to society, what makes you think that they won't link that to anything else except for your vaccination status? What if that green screen on your phone that grants you access to society turns red the moment you take a flight too many, or you uh, eat meat too much, or you didn't recycle your plastic yesterday, how dare you? What if that green screen on your phone that is linked to your digital wallet that's filled with nothing more but central bank digital currencies will turn red the moment you say something that the government classifies as hate speech. What if they can turn off your life at the push of one button? They can do it in China, they can do it here. If they can do it in China, they can do it here. And I have seen a vast number of videos. They're out there uh, of Chinese, various Chinese citizens. And um, like the one I saw the other day, uh, there was a gentleman who uh, was trying to go to work and he got off 
I don't know. I don't know how he got there, but he was walking down the sidewalk. Somebody started filming him, and he was he looked very frustrated, very upset, and he held up his phone and it was red. The whole front of his phone was red and it had like a you know, one of those QR codes on it, and it was all red, and basically he, the translation was that the guy was stuck. He couldn't do anything. He couldn't get into work, he couldn't do it get, get on the bus, he couldn't get home. He was stuck on the sidewalk and there was no place he had nothing. Nothing he could do. Not a thing. Stuck. They don't care. And, oh, you know, if you're in a 15-minute city, that ain't such a bad thing because you can just toddle your way down to the little controlled store. Oh, wait. Oh, darn. It's still red. I can't even get inside the store. Then your wife's mad at you because you missed your kid's birthday party. You know, I mean, it's just absolutely insane. So anyway, I wanted to play that for you because I think she did a really good job of summing it all up. Now, connected to the mark of the beast. The scripture says that he, the Antichrist, Obama, causes people to take the mark. Sounds like a pretty good cause to take the mark to any living human on the face of the earth if you're put in a situation where you can't even eat or feed your kids. They can't buy or sell. Looky there. Every single thing the Bible says about the mark of the beast, he, the beast, will cause people to take the mark. Because without it, they can neither buy food or sell anything, which means they're stuck sitting on the sidewalk. So the people that get cast into the Great Tribulation, the people that are the Christians that are subject to this stuff, that don't make the barley harvest, I don't even know if the wheat harvest is subject to it. I don't know how fast it's going to get rolled out. I don't know when all these things are going to come down. We got to get that big spherical, uh, you know, um, Death Star mothership, that copper-shaped thing in the sky, you know. The, and then you got, you know, don't harm the oil, the oil or the, the wine or the oil or the wine at the end of the third uh, um, seal, which is global financial collapse. So, so all these things got to happen. But we're close. I mean, we're so close. We should be able to smell the marriage supper of the Lamb, if you know what I'm saying. And at least we know that when we're at the marriage supper, that all of our beef, chicken, and Thai food hasn't been injected with the mRNA vaccine, because that's what they're doing to everything right now. You can barely walk into a store and trust the food at all anymore. Right now, the only ones who even have a shot are the people that are out in the country. But let me tell you something, folks. I used to think that was the dream idea, to have, a, you know, five to seven acres of your own, raise a couple of cows. No, they're coming after everybody. They're even coming after the Amish. The Amish are having to dump, you know, gigantic trucks of milk, fresh milk out. They're, they're shutting down uh, small farmers and small farms. It doesn't matter if it's in your backyard. They're coming for you. Okie dokie. So anyway, next one up. Hallelujah. The Moderna CEO admits that he had 100,000 doses of uh, vaccine ready by 2019 because he knew that a pandemic was coming. Isn't that special? Let's listen to this testimony. Here we go. Hold on. There we are. 
I'm going to go with uh, Stefan Manso. Uh, let's talk about vaccine development. World we've Economic heard how we Forum. With COVID-19 starting from 2022 and how extraordinary the process was also in terms of the speed. How is development, adoption and scaling of vaccine going on when it comes to different variants and sub-variants? Because this is one of the big concerns as, we, as we're all here now and we're discussing, we, we understand the context and this is a great deal. Sure. Well, good morning and thank you for having me on the panel. Um, so the great news versus 2020, where we are today, is we have manufacturing capacity. As Seth knows, when the pandemic happened, Moderna had made 100,000 doses in 2019 for the whole year. And I remember walking after Davos into the office of my head of manufacturing, and I say, how we make a billion doses next year? And they look at me a bit funny, say, what? Uh, I say, yeah, we need to make a billion doses next year. There's going to be a pandemic. Um, and I'm going to go with uh, Stefan Manso. Okay, so you heard it. So he's sitting there at the WEF, you know, getting recorded, but they don't care. They just don't care because, you know, the, the problem is it's the five stages of grief. The five stages, I'm not going to get into each stage and talk about it. You can look it up on the Internet. But at the bottom, the bottom line is one of those stages is denial. And actually denial is one of the first stages. Oh, I do not have cancer. We got to rerun those tests again. There's no way I have cancer. It's denial. And that's the number one default position that the vast majority of human beings will take when they are presented with the unacceptable uh, worldview of reality. So at least God has blessed humanity by allowing the whole J6 thing to come out to some degree. I, I think now I like Tucker Carlson an awful lot, but there's a lot of us who believe he really botched the last night program, botched it really bad. Was it last night or the night before? Can't remember, but whatever. He, he did this spiel with some, with a police officer or whatever. And, you know, he made fun of the mainstream media making fun of him. And he, he had pretty cu- a handful of things, but he could have done so much more. He, he, he blew it. He did. But that's okay, because the first segment was enough to set the world on fire. And that's great. Praise God. Now, why, why do I see it that way? Well, I see it that way not because I have any hope at all, because I'm, thank you, Jesus, that we're well, well aware that when the DOJ is completely owned by the Antichrist and the World Economic Forum, well, guess what? Nothing's going to happen. Just like Glenn Beck says, nothing, nothing. Nothing happens. Nobody goes to jail. Nobody pays for a thing anymore. Okay, so there you go. Nothing's going to happen. But they'll keep on having their, you know, House of Representative gavel-slapping moments, and they'll, you know, so Twitter, you know, they went after the Twitter files got released. Well, guess what? So the Federal Trade Commission just launched a massive uh, follow-up investigation against Twitter. They did it against the original Twitter, but then they, somebody from the Antichrist administration contacted it, the, probably the director of the Federal Trade Commission, and now they're going back after Elon Musk. Oh, and they're asking for information that they are not allowed to ask for. It's outside of their jurisdiction, but they don't give – it's like Honey Badger. They don't give a blank. Okay, they're like the honey badger. Look, look, folks, think about it. Federal Trade Commission. It, it, there's a book out there called The Devil in the Beltway. 
and it's written by a man who owned a company, and the FTC went after him. See, they are an extension of the executive branch of the federal government, and they are unstoppable. They're like Leviathan, and when they get their teeth, I'm not going to tell you what I had to go through with them personally, and the lawyers that called me up on my phone five years after I got done doing an assessment for one of their clients, and I, I'm, I hate them. I hate them. But you know what? I don't hate the individuals, Father, but I do hate the sin. Vengeance is yours, saith the Lord. And boy, that's one I can't wait to see get cast in the lake of fire. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Anyway, let's listen to this. Oh, by the way, I will call your attention, please. If you have not listened to it, please take the time. Please. Maybe two hours at the most. Worst case scenario, maybe two and a half hours. Maybe. But it will be the best two and a half hours you ever spent. Because you will learn. The whole truth and nothing but the truth. Whatever you do, whatever you do, please do not use Google to find it. I am going to give you the link right now. I'm going to give it to you verbally so you can just bypass Google. You can fire up DuckDuckGo if you want to. I have it exclusively as my official web surfing you know, search tool. You go to plan, like pandemic, but it's with an L. And you probably know this already. Some, I bet the vast majority of folks do. But you go to plandemicseries.com. Again, that's plandemicseries.com. P-L-A-N-D-E-M-I-C-S-E-R-I-E-S.com. And you will be able to see uh, part one, part two, and they're coming out with part three. And let me tell you, it's going to tell you the whole story. But guess what? Even if, okay, so now that you know that, now I'm going to show you what is has leaked out into the alternate news media outlets such as Redacted and, you know, Glenn Beck and all those folks who would normally be the type of people that would not buy the PlandemicSeries.com dialogue. But now they're waking up, you see. And they're all starting to discover that Plandemic, the Plandemic movie, was right all along. All right, let me go ahead and play this little snippet. This is from Redacted. Praise God, here it comes. Well, to our top story now, a bombshell new report shows that the Department of Defense, yes, the Pentagon, controlled the COVID-19 program from the very beginning. And everything we were told was political theater, basically to cover it up, right down to the FDA vaccine approval process. It was all theater. That means that human beings were used as props, essentially. According to newly obtained documents, the Pentagon used a combination of shady approval authorizations that are still in use, including the PREP Act, the Emergency Use Authorization, and other transaction authority, the OTA, all of which shielded big pharma agencies, medical participants, that delivered unregulated vaccines from any liability and protected them, basically. We've gone through a lot of these documents and just showed how they are not on the hook for any of this liability. These documents, these new documents, were obtained by a former executive of a pharmaceutical contract research organization. That person is Sasha Lydapova, and Sasha joins us now to tell us what she's uncovered. Thank you so much for coming on on the show, Sasha. All right, so I'm not going to keep on playing it. we got too much to cover tonight, but if you want to go to Redacted, uh, this is YouTube, and it's amazing to me that they're not blocking it or censoring it, but um, you you can find this on YouTube.com and just type in 
bombshell. Just look for the redacted channel. Just type in redacted, find the channel, and then look for a video entitled bombshell, all capital letters, docs reveal COVID-19 cover-up goes straight to the top. All right. When you see that. Um, and, and the guy that you just heard talking is Clayton Morris. He had he broke away from mainstream media because he knew there were a bunch of lion sacks of blank. And um, him and his wife uh, started this redacted deal, and it's taken off uh, really good for him. And he's very professional and uh, does a wonderful job, really a fantabulous job. Um, but anyway, uh, I just wanted to play that for you so you were in the loop. Plandemicseries.com must be watched if you want to know. That. Yes, it came out of Fort Detrick. Yes. Uh, as a matter of fact, when, the, when he was scrolling through uh, the federal documents to prove the point, he wanted people to be able to see him. Uh, you, you, they have like, you know, the Defense Vaccine Something Authorizations de- Department or something like that. So, I mean, th- this is DOD. This is DOD stuff, United States. And do you think Putin don't know it? Do you think that maybe when they found the 33 different bio labs that were being, oh, come on, Hunter Biden, the whole thing, it's all connected. It's all one big. It's just so evil, seeding evil. It just has steam rising off of it. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now. Again, I can um, play this next tidbit uh, that basically is going to talk about the same stuff with, by the way, the same uh, uh, testifier, the same person giving testimony. And she's she's going on a tour, basically. So don't be surprised if uh, she gets bright barded um, because, well, there's probably a whole bunch of people on the list. Um, all that being said, praise God. And of course, the probably arguably the biggest news since our last program is the original, not the second one, the original Tucker Carlson on the, um, you know, the foot, some of the footage that was released showing, you know, Capitol officers walking around with people and people walking around very calmly. There was no, you know, as a matter of, oh gosh, folks, if you had seen the stuff that I had seen, stuff that didn't even make it on Tucker Carlson's program. There, there were scenes where uh, the Capitol Police were saying, just make sure that there's no violence. And then they're like re- they're, they're like grabbing megaphones and they're yelling across there and saying, we have a right to peacefully uh, gather and assemble, but there can be no violence, no violence. They're, you know, the people that were actually inside the Capitol building were, were yell- you know, had megaphones and they were announcing across the entire group no violence no violence and the and the, the capitol police are like telling them you know come on come on you can follow us it's all good but there can't be any violence see a lot of that didn't even make it on tucker's uh uh first broadcast but anyway here's a little snippet of that in case you hadn't caught it it's all over the Apple internet have been withheld from the public a loop on january 6th here we go sorry these are the pictures you've seen of january 6th They're familiar because they've been playing on a loop on every media outlet in America for the last two years. There's a reason for that. But it turns out there's quite a bit of video you haven't seen. And that video tells a very different story about what happened on January 6th. More than 40,000 hours of surveillance footage from in and around the Capitol have been withheld from the public. And once you see the video, you'll understand why. Taken as a whole, the video record does not support the claim that January 6th was an insurrection. In fact, it demolishes that claim. 
And that's exactly why the Democratic Party and its allies in the media prevented you from seeing it. By controlling the images you were allowed to view from January 6th, they controlled how the public understood that day. They could lie about what happened, and you would never know the difference. Those lies had a purpose. They created a pretext for a federal crackdown on opponents of the Uniparty in Washington. Our office wanted to ensure that there was shock and awe that we could charge as many people as possible. The first thing you notice from viewing the full video record of January 6th is just how many people entered the Capitol building that day. Hundreds and hundreds of people, possibly thousands, over the course of about two hours. The crowd was enormous. A small percentage of them were hooligans. They committed vandalism. All right, I'm going to stop at that point. And then he goes on to show how the dude with the big horns that got four years in prison, uh, you know, was drug around, you know, taken around on a tour by the police. The police were actually jiggling doors to try to let him go into different offices and things. So, um, uh, you know, and it is so heartbreaking that people like Tucker Carlson and others don't understand the concept of crisis actors. You know, I, I, I had to take down the video that I have that goes deep inside. It actually shows the Ashley Babbitt shooting, which was faked. She's alive. That was a total snow job, total Hollywood blood, the whole thing. It was, it was a lie. It was a lie. Um, and I have a copy of it, probably one of the few copies offline that exists in the entire world because the forces to be got a hold of the person, the YouTube or the YouTuber that created the, co- the compilation of the videos. And there's like 50-year-old people standing at the door of the, uh, of the Capitol building going, they're actors, they're actors, they're acting, they are acting. Yes, of course they are. It's, and when, you know, these people, the Antifa people, the crisis actors, they're paid millions of dollars. They sign non-disclosures. They get to retire after they do their little act. You see what I'm saying? They, the video that I have even shows uh, barricades that were set up with fake Hollywood glass that didn't shatter or break. It would just pull out like plastic. I mean, it was so obvious that it was a setup. It was unbelievable. But I thought to myself, you know what? I got too much to do for Jesus, and I'm not going to jail. And I've tried as hard as I can. I'm a cybersecurity expert. I know how to get files clandestinely moved from point A to point B. I have come so close to contacting Lauren Boebert, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, um, you know, trying to think of a way to clandestinely get a copy of the video that I have, which has disappeared from the earth, except for the one that I have. And um, I couldn't come up a way. It would, it would have all been trackable because the problem is they have subpoena power. Once you have subpoena power, you can track anything back to its source. And I just thought, no, I got way too much stuff to do for Jesus. I'm not getting involved. And lo and behold, the Lord took care of it. And you know what's going to happen? Nothing. Nothing's going to happen. Nothing happens. Nobody goes to jail. Nobody pays for a thing anymore. Donald Trump was quoted as saying, congratulations to Tucker Carlson on one of the biggest scoops as reported in the United States history. The new surveillance footage of January 6th events sheds an entirely different light on what actually happened. The unselect committee was a giant scam. Release the people from the, the, the holding cells now, he says, of course. Um, so anyway. Oh, and by the way, did you know this? The footage that we've been seeing coming in from China... 
It also has crisis actors. What do you know? They're all in on it. My goodness. Here, let's listen to these Chinese crisis actors rolling around in the streets with their uh, protective gear on while a man films them for the news. They're all in it together. They're all in it together. Chinese crisis actors. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Just remember, our citizenship is in heaven. Hey, you want to do something fun? Check this out. Go to your web browser and type antifa.com, A-N-T-I-F-A dot C-O-M. I'm doing it right now. And you hit enter, guess where it goes? It goes to the White House. <laughs> Woo! All right, so let's hear a love offering for Jesus over that one, huh? <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I love that. <laughs> I know exactly how it works, too. I just wish I'd have thought of it. <laughs> Hopefully the person has what's called domain security set up. Although the DOJ could use subpoena power and find out who has what's called the uh, SOA, who owns the SOA. And if it's like, say, for example, it's GoDaddy, with a subpoena, GoDaddy will, will cave. Otherwise, they'll protect. Boy, they will protect you. Boy, oh, boy, they'll protect you. All right, next one up. Hallelujah. Zuckerberg and Gates, your meat, your vegetables, your and even your pets are going to be injected with mRNA vaccines. They're coming for your puppies and your kitties. 100 million shots are to go into meat and vegetables. They haven't yet, so buy it up quick. Oh, my freezer's full. I wonder how long it can last on, on what I have in the freezer. Well, it depends. If people come over to the door and need something or whatever, it just depends. You know, if, 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 if all the power goes out and people are hungry and stuff, I'm, I'm going to break out the, the propane tank and cook and give people stuff. Because, I, I, you know what, if I, do, if I do my diet properly and I surf the urge, I do not want that. Then I really won't be all that hungry. And I'll be really, it'll be like nothing to give away food. Be like, here, man, have an extra turkey leg. All right, praise, actually, I actually do have a couple of turkeys in there. All right, praise God, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Next one up, listen to this. Reuters reports that Blackstone is going to acquire, are you ready? Ancestry.com for $4.7 billion. What do you suppose Blackstone wants the DNA for? That's what's known as a pregnant pause. That's because you can fill in the blanks. Amen? Amen. Praise God. All right. And on that note, hallelujah. I'm taking a quick look here. Oh, let me see what I got. Oh, I didn't really think in advance. dum dee dum dee dum dee dum dee dum dum there we go. Not that, not that, not that or that. Wait a minute. No, no. 
I know what I can do. Let me see here. Um, that one? No, that's not it either. Maybe it's on this page. My soundboard. I forget where I put things sometimes. Uh, oh, here we go. This is from Cease Taylor. He does a lot of the sound uh, soundtracks for the uh, prayer vigil. And I'm just going to go ahead and play this to drink a little water, take a little break, and then we'll hit the topic of the three days of darkness, which is incredibly misunderstood. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Sky open wide, 
coming King. I praise you forever. With my voice I will sing. Glory to the Lamb who lives forever. Keep me close to you, Jesus, till you come and take us No. Exit. Stage left, says Snagglebird. All right. So. Now, I'm going to weave in my normal disclaimers. There's always going to be a margin of error. There are certain things that I know is a fact. And then there are certain things that I'm not so sure about. I'm going to start out by saying that in the Book of Enoch, uh, I believe it's chapter 65, there's an interesting phrase in there that says, and Noah had seen the earth had tilted and knew that destruction was near. Of course, uh, you know, um, that's kind of how it goes. Um, uh, just like J. Vernon McGee said in his book, it, Through the Bible, he said that the Lord has not given us all the details. And, of course, you got Proverbs 25, 2, I think it is, where it says, It's the glory of God to conceal it the matter and the glory of kings to search it out. Okay. So all that being said, um, I, hey, man, I'll be happy being the king's cupbearer like Nehemiah was. <laughs> Hallelujah. I, hey, man, I'd be happy to bring Jesus a nice cup of cold, frosty cold cup or whatever he wants to drink. All right. Um, just to be around him, that'd be just too cool. All right. But anyway, um, the three days of darkness is, is I will say, just so, just so you know, is laced with confusion. There are now when God gives uh, people. I'm going to make a little adjustment to my mic here so I can relax a little bit. And I, I'm getting close to the 18th hour here. Okay, so basically, um, when our Heavenly Father gives people a vision or a dream or a prophetic word, it's a piece, it's a snippet. So if you imagine the end times timeline and the events that are going to happen during the end times, which we're in the middle of, or not in the middle of, but we're in the midst. Of the, I would say that we're in, on a scale of 1 to 10, if 10 is where the Great Tribulation kicks off, and 8 and 9 are the, are the Day of the Lord, which is like right before the Great Tribulation, which is the sixth seal, which is where the three days of darkness occurs, by the way. We already know that we're in the second, that the second seal has been, we know that it's likely that all the seals have been broken, and that the scrolls, which have the contents, the events that are going to occur, are inside. They're written inside the scrolls, and the scrolls can roll across the table in parallel, which is exactly what we're seeing. That's why we're seeing, as you know, in Behold a Pale Horse, which is the fourth seal, okay, it says, and the beast of the field. So it says all this death is going to be happening in 25% of the world, and uh, all these terrible things, and then it says, and the beast of the field. So it tosses in this little afterthought that says the animals are going to be acting weird too 
Kind of like when it says, don't harm the oil or the wine at the end of the third seal, which is the bride of Jesus Christ is still going to be on the earth. Don't do anything bad to her. Leave her alone. By the way, if you're one of those people that are like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, mRNA vaccines are going to be in my chicken. What am I going to do? You know, look, folks, if you don't believe your Bible and you don't have faith in the word of God, then you're in a pile of dookie the size of a six-story building. And all I can tell you is my heart breaks for you. I am very fortunate and blessed because I was raised in a Holy Spirit tongue-speaking, tongue-speaking, demon-chasing family from the age of six. Okay? Now, I backslid. <laughs> oh, boy, did I backslide. I decided to set the world record. I wanted to outdo Paul, minus killing a couple people, but I'm just saying. And then the Lord whacked me upside the head, and here I am. Fulfilling my the prophecy or the dream that was given my mom, which also included Obama being the Antichrist, by the way. All right, now, all that being said, I have that advantage, but a lot of Christians don't. They weren't born, weren't born in a supernatural family. They weren't. They have never seen anybody jump out of a wheelchair with muscular dystrophy and go running around a room going, praise Jesus, I can run, praise Jesus. I, You know, I get it. If you ain't been there, done that, then... You know, it's definitely harder. It's harder, you know. We're all, you know, blessed is he who believes and has not seen, said Jesus to Thomas. I happen to get to see a lot of stuff, but I didn't get to see everything. I've never been taken to heaven, but I've had a lot of supernatural things happen to me. More than I wish in some cases. Some of them were incredible blessings, and some of them were like, I am lucky to be alive. Let alone gainfully employed. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So anyway, all of that being said, um, if you haven't figured it out by now, I am infinitely different than anybody you're going to run across. Okay? Whether that's good, bad, ugly, or whatever, I'm not here to judge anybody, judge myself. I'm, I'm just saying it is what it is. Okay, the Lord told, told me in the shower one day that I am impetuous, and that was not a compliment. He has corrected me so many times that I would rather have my dog's buttocks, okay? I've, I've been through refiner's fire of so many different types. I, I you know, I, I don't even want to think about it because, quite honestly, it traumatizes me, you know, uh, to some degree. Now, when, I'm, when, when I feel an anointing of the Holy Spirit on me uh, and I'm giving testimony, then I'm fine. But if I'm sitting around on a Saturday afternoon and there's nothing to watch on TV, which half the time I don't want to watch it anyway, or I've listened to the last two-hour updates on what's going on with the Russian Federation uh, or the Bandera Nazis or whatever the case is, you know what I'm saying? You know, and, and, you, know it, you, can, you become human. And when your humanness gets the best of you, you have to surf the urge. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will go strangely dim. And the light of his glory and grace. Surf the urge. So I'm going to try surfing the urge so I don't get, you know, bummed out like I do quite frequently. Although this weekend, wait a minute. No, it's not this weekend. It's the next weekend. 
Yeah, because my birthday's on the 15th, and my daughter agreed to watch. Now, you watch. You watch. I agreed to meet my daughter for my birthday on the 18th, and you watch. Something's going to happen. The car's going to break down. Whatever. Anyway, so back to the back to the three days of darkness. It is gravely, it, not gravely, but it is vastly misunderstood. And I, I get that. I understand why. And most people don't even understand a, the barley harvest, the wheat harvest, and the grape harvest. And I am first one to tell you straight up. I do not understand exactly when the barley harvest is going to occur. I believe with all of my heart that when the third seal says do not harm the oil or the wine, that means that we all of the bride will be here for the global financial collapse, which will be the collapse of the petrodollar, which we can already see well in progress with two quadrillion dollars in derivatives in the real estate market itself alone. Okay, so everything is well, well, well in progress and underway. Now, does that help us really place it exactly? No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. Does the barley harvest bump right up against the wheat harvest? The only thing I know is is there's that 10-year-old boy, and I'm not going to get into it and play the video or none of that, but I'm just saying there there is a 10-year-old boy. It's still probably out on YouTube. Um, We talked to his mother, but he had passed away. It's a long story, but anyway, he had, just before he passed away, he was in the hospital, and Jesus met with him, and he was given a mighty, incredible vision. And he saw World War III in full progress. That would be the the midst of the fourth seal, essentially, uh, or at least a third of the way into it, probably a quarter of the way, third of the way into it. And I'm talking about full-scale war here now, boots on the field, the whole deal, not just Ukraine and Russia. We're talking about the whole deal, all right? And when he saw it, he saw an alien invasion of a very large magnitude occur. Now, I can tell you where that is in the Bible, because at some point, the fourth seal crosses over into the sixth seal. And the reason why we know that is if you go to Ezekiel 38, I'm gonna, and I'm starting this all off with scriptures so that I can anchor you in the Bible before I show you all the other stuff. Okay, praise God. So we go to Ezekiel 38, and here we go. In Ezekiel 38, verse 19... Now, it talks about the, 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 the city with, you know, no walls, et cetera, et cetera. And there have been theologians. Nobody wants to believe that the United States is going to get judged. Because after all, there's one verse out of 31,102 verses that says that if you bless Israel, God will bless you. Therefore, America is safe and sound. And we're all waiting around for the third Solomon's Temple that is not going to be built before Jesus comes. Because the abomination of desolation that is standing in the holy place is standing inside the body of Obama. The holy place is the temple body. Now, whether or not they build it, um, you know, during the Great Tribulation, which is highly likely, maybe so. Because you got to see, you got to understand the mystical Jews and those who would accept. See, so we all look at Obama and we say, "What a creepy dude! Why would anybody 
Why would the Jews care about his, you know, how can that be? The problem is this. None of us knows what he's going to look like after Satan incarnates into his body, his temple body. So when the abomination of desolation, okay, mentioned by Daniel the prophet, is found in the holy place, which is not the temple, the temple body. The whole New Testament is all about the temple body. All right, so once we get that down, then things start to become more crystal, crystal clear. Now, so we know that World War III blends over. It's kind of like you can almost take like the fourth seal and just put it like in a, in a single line together, okay, with the sixth seal. So World War III starts. There's a big alien invasion that occurs. This 10-year-old boy was shown it. But wait, but that means it's already into the day of the Lord at some point. Okay, and why do we know that? Because the little metaphor in the very beginning of the sixth seal, which is Revelation chapter 6, verse 12, says, um, and the stars will fall from the sky like a fig tree shaken by a mighty wind. All right. Then you go to Revelation 12 which is one big giant metaphor for the very beginning to essentially the very end. And um, and let me see if I can find it. Yep, 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 there it is. Oh, thrown down on the earth for the woman and the, saw the beast rising from the sea. That, oh, there's your ten horns and stuff. Well, then, the dragon uh, tried to drown the woman with the flood, helped her. The dragon was angry. Wait a minute. Was thrown down to the earth. When the dra- oh wait 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 I gotta go back I gotta go back uh, up further up further oh okay here we go uh oh which one is this oh I have the NLT I can't use the NLT I gotta go to the New King James I, this is hard to do especially when you have like forty minutes to prepare um uh, hold on a second I gotta here we're New King James here we go. And a war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought. And the dragon, or I'm sorry, Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. Now, if you go to Zechariah chapter 3, verses 1 through 7, you will see that Satan is still in heaven as the accuser of the brethren who accuses the brethren both day and night. He's accusing Joshua, the high priest, in the courts of heaven in Zechariah chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. So we know he's there at that time. We also know he's there now because he doesn't get cast down to the earth until the day of the Lord. So it goes and it says, and they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them, the evil ones, in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old, called, caused the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world, and he was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. The metaphor for that is found in Revelation 6, it's the sixth seal, Revelation 6. Starts at verse 12, 
and you'll see it says, it starts out and says, and I looked in a, and there's a six seal, and behold, there's a great earthquake. Now, might, write that down, great earthquake. Put a big old highlighter over the top of it. That is a keyword that will help you correlate these events across multiple points of the scripture. Great earthquake. There's only one, only one, only one. That helps us correlate the events across multiple places that are very important in Scripture. And it says, and then the sun became black as sackcloth of hair. What could that be? Doggone it. I gave it away. It's the three days of darkness. And then it says the moon became like blood and the stars of the heaven fell to the earth as a fig tree drops its lake figs when it is shaken by a mighty wind. Stars, by the way, is a metaphor for fallen angels. Get it? It correlates over to Revelation 12. And those fallen angels, because of the our father's mercy to us, to that 10-year-old boy that was dying of cancer or something like that in the hospital that was taken to heaven and talked to Jesus, was shown that in the middle of World War III, there was a huge alien invasion. So then we jump back over to Ezekiel 38, where the city without walls is being attacked. Oh, Gog, oh, Gog, Rosh, and Meshesh, and Tubal, and all oh, this metaphor after metaphor. And Ethiopia, Persia, Libya is all with them. Okay, fighting, fighting against the city with no walls, and this, that, and the other thing. Well, look at the United States on a globe. It, it's a city with no walls. Okay, and, and anyway, so... But the important part to gather here is now you're in the middle of the Gog and Magog invasion, which is essentially World War III. World War III is actually made up of several references in the Bible, which includes the Psalm 83 war, Isaiah being, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Damascus being, in Isaiah 17, Damascus being turned into a ruinous heap, and also uh, the Gog and Magog invasion, and also uh, uh, Behold a Pale Horse. All those things are talking about the same event, which is World War III. How do we know that? Because just look at what's happening around the world. There is only one big major end-of-the-world event that's going to happen next to the Antichrist rising and the Great Tribulation occurring. And that is what? World War III. So we can already correlate all of these different things that I will not mention the names of my fellow brothers and sisters that have books from that are full of errors, telling people awful things they shouldn't be saying, trying to claim that those are separate wars. They are not. And I'll prove it to you right now. In, in Ezekiel 38, verse 11, it says, You will say, comma, I will go up against a land of unwalled villages, the United States. I will go to a peaceful people who dwell safely. All, now, it's talking about the people, not the Pentagon. You understand? Okay. Who dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls. I mean, really, when you think about it, look at all the things that are happening in Canada. Look at all the things that are happening in New Zealand, Australia. Look at all the things that are happening in the European Union. They are all collapsing. They are going to their knees. The United Kingdom is in horrible trouble. The, the whole world is collapsing. All of the, quote, so, quote, so, quote, 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 West is collapsing. But the United States is so self-centered, all they care about is themselves. And you know what? That works just fine for Zane. He's totally cool with it. Because they already know that they're going to nuke us. 
They're not worried about DeSantis. They're not worried about Trump. They're not worried about any of that stuff. Why would they be worried about it? They're going to wipe us out because they have to collapse the Phoenix bird, and they have to raise up the New World Order out of the collapse and the dust of the, of the destruction, which, by the way, is Revelation 18, where Babylon the Great is destroyed by fire in one hour. Well, how can he do that? Well, with submarine-launched nuclear missiles, which Dimitri Duneman saw, which Henry Groover saw, which A.A. A. Allen saw. How many more incredible lieutenants and generals of the Lord Jesus Christ do we have to call forth to help us understand that this is already written in the Bible and written in the throne room of God? This is not even discussable. So when you run across a Christian out there who's selling you thirty nine ninety five to tell you about you know their vision of how things are going to happen, run for your life. I studied under all of them. I bought almost all their DVDs, books, and stuff. I still got a lot of them on behind me. Well, I told you in my testimony. I told you I cried before. I was bawling big old alligator tears standing out in the back of my house. And I told the Lord, I can't do this. It's too much responsibility. And I all I could hear. I mean, I was looking to get off. I wanted him to tell me, hey, man, you know what? If you really don't want to do it, it's cool with me. <laughs> when was the last time the Lord ever said that to anybody, right? So I'm like sitting out there with these big alligator tears looking for pity. And it's too big of a responsibility. It's too much. And he told, he told me, forget everything you learned. So basically he was telling me to forget everything I learned in non-denominational, Holy Spirit-filled, tongue-speaking, Pentecostal, and Assembly of God churches over 40 years of time. I had to start all over again. So anyway, that that was actually a good thing. It took me a long time, you know, the last 12 years to piece all of this together. But anyway, it's been a blessing. Praise God. Uh, and do I wish I was out of here? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Who wouldn't? Come on. We're supposed to keep our mind stayed on things above. Who doesn't want to be with Jesus? If Jesus is your first love, where do you want to be? With Jesus. But what is Jesus asking you to do? Feed my sheep. Well, you love them, right? Look, if you are in love... I know this is a hard concept to understand in the 21st century, but if you are truly head over heels in love with your spouse and your spouse says, would you pick me up some red roses? What are you going to do? You're going to go get you, – we all have to, like, go back to our teenage years, you know, uh, the puppy love years, you know, when we had our first girlfriend or first boyfriend. What did you want to do? Every little thing. You wanted to read their mind. You, you didn't want them to tell you what color of carnations to buy you. you. You wanted to surprise them the next day, and that's how we ought to be with Jesus. He shouldn't even have to ask us. You see what I'm saying? Because he's our first love. Now, you will say I will go up against unwalled villages. I will go to a peaceful people who dwell in, in safety, which is true. While the rest of the West is collapsing right now and having FEMA camps and all kinds of horrible things and digital IDs imposed upon them and, and, and tractor, uh, you know, uh, things in Brussels, uh, Belgium, and tractor uh, protests in, uh, all over the Netherlands and people having their, their land confiscated and food to the point where they can't even afford it, heating and cooling and, and blown up pipelines and all these other things. And we're, and we're sitting here watching Tucker Carlson and, and, and January 6th, which I've known was a false flag for years. But anyway, and have been telling people so. But anyway, um, it says, listen to this. It says, um, it says, 
who dwell in safety, all of them dwelling without walls and having uh, neither bars nor gates. Now, let's scroll down a little bit further to verse 19, judgment on Gog. Okay, now remember that little uh, Jewish uh, young man about the age of 15, his name was Nathan, N-A-T-A-N. And he came forward and he had this incredible vision and was taken to heaven. He met the Messiah, okay, and he told his rabbi, who was known as Rabbi Rami, Rabbi Rami Levy interpreted word for word, sentence for sentence, what Nathan had seen when he was taken to heaven. And his words to the rabbi and all the other rabbis that were in the room was, I cannot tell you who the Messiah was because he's somebody that you know and you will not believe it. That's what he said. And he also said that the Lord God told him, you know, the Lord, and we'll leave it at that, told him that Obama was Gog. Well, where's Obama's headquarters right now? Yep, you guessed it. So we jump, go to judgment on Gog in Ezekiel 38. Um, new, the New King James is generous enough to use subtitles for certain topics. And it says judgment of Gog. And in verse 19, it says, For in my jealousy and in the fire of my wrath... I have spoken, surely in that day there shall be a great earthquake in the land of Israel. Ah, doggone it. It's talking about Israel. So obviously, that Johnny Baptist guy's been dipping into the sacramental wine again, I guess. No, you have to finish reading. Verse 20, it says, there will be a great earthquake in the land of Israel. Verse 20, so that the fish of the sea, the birds of the heavens, the beasts of the field, all creeping things that creep on the earth, and now listen, and all men who are on the face of the earth shall shake at my presence. The mountain shall be thrown down, steep places shall fall, and every wall shall fall to the ground. And you know why that is? Because brick houses and stone houses that are up north, built all over the place up north, because they're not anywhere, anywhere near where an earthquake can occur, they're all going to come crumbling to the ground. Because you cannot have the slightest little bit of a trembler where there are stone houses and brick houses because they cannot handle it. The, so there are not stone houses built in places where there can be an earthquake. They build wood frame because they wag back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And it's like, what was that? <laughs> Did somebody throw a coconut in my house? Okay, so anyway, the point I'm trying to make here is right here, we know that this great earthquake is the same exact great earthquake in Revelation 6, verse 12, which is leading up to the three days of darkness, the day of the Lord, and the alien invasion that the little boy saw when, the, when World War III occurs, and the start of World War III is the fourth seal. The fourth seal goes directly into the sixth seal, hits the great earthquake, which is caused by a meteor that smashes into the earth right off the coast of Puerto Rico and douses the state to Florida all the way up to the to Roanoke, Virginia. It climbs right up. It goes all the way up to the Appalachian Trail, okay, and it just wipes out 22 million people on the east coast of the United States of Babylon the Great. And let me tell you something. It shakes the entire world, the earth. Isaiah 24, the, the earth is going to go to and fro like a drunkard. It is going to be absolutely horrible. Millions upon millions upon millions. I would even submit billions of people are going to die. 
So we're, what we're seeing here is the harmony of the scriptures unfolding before us, and we know now that the sixth seal, the day of the Lord, the sixth seal is the day of the Lord. I'm just letting you know. I know it is a fact, because you can go to um, Isaiah 13, and you can see. It says, um, proclamation against Babylon. Well, well, you know, we're Babylon the Great. I wonder if it could be rem- talking about us. I'll tell you what. It is. Lift up the banner in the high mountains. Raise your voice to them. Wave your hand that they may enter the gates of the nobles. I, the Lord God, have commanded my sanctified ones, and I have also called my mighty ones for my anger. Remember this. Remember this. It's going to tie it all together. The three days of darkness. The three days of darkness. Get ready. It says, and I I have also called my mighty ones for my anger, those who rejoice in my exaltation. These are what the Bible refers to as evil angels. Remember that term, by the way. Evil angels. Okay? God sends alien beings, or you could call them evil angels. Remember, angel is just a class. It's like saying a Marine or a member of the military. There's lots of different types of people in the military, aren't there? There's lots of different types of angels out there, aren't there? Yes, there are. Now, there's the angels that God has in heaven, the blonde-haired ones that stand about seven foot tall, roughly, give or take. And there's different ones as well. There's, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. But in this case, he's calling them from the ends of the heaven. It says right here, the noise of the multitudes of the mountain, like that of many people. Like that of many people. It doesn't say many people. It says like that of many people. A tumultuous noise of the kingdoms of the nations gathered together. As far as our Heavenly Father is concerned, those nations exist in outer space. They are civilizations that exist in other galaxies. And he calls them down to the earth. It says the Lord of hosts. What are hosts? It means a body. Okay, if you have, if you have a soul and a spirit that is incarnated or, or is inside of a body, okay, that is a host body. So if you, anytime you see the, the Lord of hosts, it means the Lord of host bodies. It means the Lord of beings across the universe. It says, and then it says the army for battle. They come from a far country, from the end of the Shammah. When you look up the word Shamayim in the Hebrew, it says where the planets revolve, outer space. And this is also where it talks about these entities ravaging. Everyone who is found will be thrust through. Everyone who is captured will fall by the sword. Their children will also be dashed to pieces before their eyes. Their houses will be plundered and their wives are ravaged. You know, folks, I've seen probably every movie, documentary, and read just about, not all, but a good number of books and documentaries on World War II Nazi Germany, and not one time did I ever see a single Nazi, as hateful and evil as they were, chop a child to pieces. These are creatures, beings, evil angels that God sends for his judgment upon the earth. This is the day of the Lord. It says in verse 6, Wail, for the day of the Lord is at hand. Ding, 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 ding. That aligns to the stars will fall from the sky like a fig tree shaken by a mighty wind. 
Well, guess what? In the movie, um, uh, uh, with with uh, hold on a second, I got it. Without warning, the movie Battle L.A., the movie How the End Began, the movie uh, War of the Worlds to some, to some extent, and also uh, the movie Greenland. All of those movies, the alien invasion started, with the exception of War of the Worlds, started with what? Meteors falling to the earth. Think about Battle LA. Meteors were falling down into the ocean like crazy, and all of a sudden the people on the beach were going, what, do I, what is that heading at us? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And it was a bunch of aliens coming after them from the water. Stars will fall from the sky like a big tree shaken by a mighty wind. Okay, so now we've anchored ourselves and we've seen in the scripture, we know now that the fourth seal is the kickoff of the Third World War, uh, and we know that it literally connects to the sixth seal and enters into the day of the Lord. The, the marker, the marker, the, the, the beginning of the sixth seal, remember World War III will already be taking place. It'll already be happening. People, there'll be soldiers all over the world fighting all kinds of mortars and high Mars shooting at each other, and, you know, there'll even be a few nukes that went off and stuff like that. And, folks, let me tell you, then the alien invasion is going to come. But it's not going to come until after that meteor hits. See, if you're a soldier on a field and you're over in Turkey, for example, and you're fighting against the Russians or whatever the case may be, I'm just—I don't know if that's going to be the case, but I'm just saying, okay. And 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 the Earth has its major earthquake, and all of your weapons and stuff are shook down, and everybody's shaking over and stuff like that, and all this stuff is happening, shaking, shaking, shaking. And I could even play a sound effect for the shaking, you know, to make it sound more realistic, uh, but uh, I'll skip it. But anyway, the point is. It, you know, yeah, it'll stop the war for a second, and everybody, everyone will be jarred. But if you're in Turkey, you're probably not going to see the giant tidal wave that's heading for the east coast of the United States of Babylon the Great. You're not going to see the La Palma volcano, uh, the side of the, the mountain uh, collapse, and make it a double mega tsunami. Okay, and there's going to be, and don't even get me going on what happens to Africa and the Mediterranean and all these things. A lot of people will be aware of what happened, but a lot of people won't be aware of what happened. They'll just know the earth is shaking really hard. And then the aliens come in large numbers. And I could go and quote, you know, Second Second Estrus 15, the dragons of Arabia flying like the wind. I covered that uh, with the uh, uh, on the uh, sh- uh, prior shows uh, with the, um, you know, the reptilian stuff, the um, uh, boards of whatever. OK, uh, as you can tell, I'm burning out, but I want to keep on going because I've got a lot of material to get out. And I'm running down to the last hour. All right. Now. These are, you have to understand the concept of types and shadows. Okay, so one of the first things that you learn when you go to Bible college, which I never went to, I just learned it on my own because the Lord imparted it to me the way that he wanted me to understand it, not the way that somebody else teaches it. Because they're wrong. Well, not always. They get a lot of it right, but they miss, like, really important details. Um, Anyway, um, so... Types and shadows, just take the word shadows for a second and separate it out of that little phrase, okay? Because it gets confusing when you, when, you, uh, when you Bible college it, okay? Now, shadows, what does it mean? It means to foreshadow, to foreshadow, foreshadowing. So things that happened in the past 
that are mentioned in the Old Testament will foreshadow events that are going to occur or either have occurred or will occur. But you've got to understand, you're looking at a timeline that's going back like a long time, you know, like probably, what, 4,000 years, maybe more, five, six? Well, you know, if you follow the, you know, the genealogy stuff, they say it's 6,000, but uh, to, to Lauren Peterson's uh, credit, uh, they really didn't take in the nine-month gestation period very well there. <laughs> so, you know, so when this guy begat that guy and that guy begat this person and everything, they don't really think that uh, an awful – anyway, so whatever. Who knows? We don't know. And, and you know what? Is it really relevant? No, it's not. Okay? The point is this foreshadowing occurs. So that's why Ecclesiastes 1.9 says that everything is a cycle. Okay, that which was will be again. Okay, and then you've got the Lord saying in various places that he's going to destroy the heavens and the earth, and then he's going to recreate the heavens and the earth. And, and then you got in second, uh, then you got in uh, Genesis 2 verse 4, which should have been the last verse of Genesis 1, but it wasn't. It says, and these are the generations of the heavens and the earth when the Lord God Yahweh Elohim made the heavens and the earth. Generations, 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 generations. Rinse and repeat. Generations. Rinse and repeat. Same as it ever was. 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 Well, guess what? Foreshadowing does just that. It tells us what's going to happen in the future. Let's look at it. Exodus ten twenty one. Subtitled by the New King James as the Plague of Darkness. Then the Lord said to Moses, lift your hand toward the heaven, and the land of Egypt will be covered with a darkness so thick that you can feel it. So Moses lifted his hand to the sky, and a deep darkness Please remember the words deep darkness, because I'm going to take you to another part of the Bible that's going to make you go, aha, wowee. So Moses lifted his hands to the sky, and a deep darkness covered the entire land of Egypt for, listen carefully, listen carefully, three days. Bum, bum, bum. Are you following along with me? Three days of darkness. Okay. But real quick, remember how it says deep darkness, deep darkness, deep darkness, deep darkness? Now I'm going to show you how the Bible has harmony. Let's jump to Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1, shall we? Arise and shine, for your light has come. People misinterpret this so badly it is unbelievable. They think it's metaphorical. They think that it's an anointing of the Holy Spirit that's going to come down on the church any time now and that the revivals are, that's what the revivals are talking about. That's what the revivals are talking about. No, they are not. This is talking about the three days of darkness. Let us examine it, shall we? Arise and shine, for your light has come. Now, where would that light come from? Well, it tells us. And the glory 
of the Lord has risen upon you. Now, anybody who understands what glory light is, anybody who has heard enough testimonies about how heaven really is, understands that there is different points of glory. And you can't just go from this, the country mansions and go walking right up on the Mount Zion, the city of the living God, with a numerable company of angels, the, the heavenly Jerusalem. You can't just cruise right on up there. It don't work like that. There are different levels of glory. And if you don't have the right level of glory, you cannot go to the next level. And it, it it's now some people can because they have that glory. OK, some people can go back and forth between their country mansions and their city mansions and they can even go into the throne room of God. OK, but, you know, so anyway, again, let's look at it again. Arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has ridden up, risen upon you. Why would that glory light be on you? Because you are transformed. You are starting to transform and you are starting to be like Jesus. While you're on the earth, we used to have uh, Loveness Nankamba come on all the time, and she had actually transformed into a light being in front of her husband and scared him half to death, and he ran for his life. (laughs) It's true. It's part of her testimony. But anyway, and then verse 2 says, for behold, the dark cover the earth. And, oh, my, there's those two words again. Oh, I could it be one of those scriptural coincidences? Or could it be making a direct reference to what we were just reading? It says, and a deep darkness will cover the people. Deep darkness. And the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And the Gentiles shall come to your light, and the kings to the brightness of your rising. Well, we obviously got one group that has the glory of the Lord risen upon them, and they're shining. And that we also know that there's darkness covering the entire earth, for behold, the darkness is covering the earth, and that there's deep darkness covering the people. So the people of the earth are obviously not the ones that are receiving the glory light. So who could it be? It's the bride of Jesus Christ. Now, does that necessarily mean that it's part of those who are in the barley or first fruits harvest? I don't know. Maybe. But... I would like to believe that the barley harvest or the first watch leaves a little bit earlier than the day of the Lord. So this may this event may be reserved for the wheat harvest, which is also known as the final harvest. So those of us who aspire I got hiccups. For those of us who aspire to be part of the barley harvest, the first fruits, the first watch, Luke 12, 35, 36, 37. For those of us who aspire to be part of the first fruits barley harvest, it is highly likely that we this particular set of scriptures does not apply to us directly. That we're going to be taken up, it's going to be blamed on the aliens, the big copper ball will be in the air, people will be freaking out all over the place, and they'll blame it. NASA will come on the TV just like was told to Pastor Sori Park when he was in heaven with Jesus, and NASA will come on the TV worldwide and tell everybody that the aliens took the people. But that won't be the case. That'll be the barley harvest, the first wives, the first fruits. So this is talking about the rising of the glory light and the transformation of those who are part of the wheat harvest. Because during the three days of darkness, they are supposed to go into their chamber 
What kind of a chamber do you suppose that might be? So let's go to Isaiah 29, and I think it's verse 20. Uh, no. Is it 26? Hold on. Isaiah 26, verse 20. Oh, goody. <clears throat> okay. Isaiah 26, verse 20. The subtitle in the New King James is, Take Refuge from the Coming Judgment. <laughs> oh, boy, how apropos. It says, Come, my people, enter your chambers and shut your doors behind you. Hide yourself as if it were for a little moment until the indignation has passed. For behold, the Lord comes out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth will also disclose her blood and will no more cover her slain. People will be laying dead in the streets. Come into your bridal chambers and you will transform into a well, with the glory of God over you. So you'll be in the middle, midst of transforming, in, you know, in, in, but you'll still be on the earth. All right? But wait a minute. Something, I see another one of those scriptural coincidences. In Scripture number 20, it says, it says my people, go into your chambers for a little moment. Shut the doors behind you, uh, you know, for a little moment until the indignation has passed. Uh-oh. Time to connect the dots again. Isaiah 13, we go back to the indignation. And it says... It says, I have commanded my sanctified ones. I have also commanded my mighty ones for my anger, those who rejoice in my exaltation, the noise of the mountains, like that of many mountains, the tumultuous noise of the kingdoms of the nation gathered together. The Lord of the host, um, I'm sorry, the Lord of hosts musters the army for battle. They come from a far country, from the end of the heavens. The Lord and his weapons of indignation. Where's that little sound effect thingy? Indignation. Go into your bridal chambers for a little while and shut the door behind you until the indignation has passed. Why? Because the three days of darkness are here. And you've got to do the final harvest, which is going to happen right after the three days of darkness is over. Okay. That's why it's called the final harvest. Okay. The harvests that are taking place right now, okay, aren't the final one. The final one comes after the meteor hits. The final one comes after the great earthquake. The final one comes, and, and you know, and, and, and yes, you have the, 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 the sky rolling up like a scroll, which is obviously global thermonuclear war. So really, when you look at, at, at Revelation chapter 6 through 17, sorry, chapter 6, 12 through 17, you're seeing the chunk of time known as the Day of the Lord, but a lot of stuff happens during the Day of the Lord. Alien invasion, World War III, a gigantic earthquake caused by a meteor, giant mega tsunamis all over the place. Uh, you know, uh, you've got uh, the scroll rolling, the sky rolling up like a scroll, which is obviously thermonuclear war. I mean, you know, that's the only way. Watch the Bikini Island um, nuclear test. Watch the, the sky scroll up a scroll. Hey, when that stuff is going on all over the world, do you think anybody's going to be missing it? Well, there's probably a few parts of the world that might not see it, but I don't know because I've had people on this program that said some, when, when it gets that bad, it's, nukes are going to be going off all over the place. 
But yes, the United States is going to be wiped out. A lot of people don't think anything happens to Russia, but I can tell you that is not true. We've had Michael Mullins on the program. He was taken to heaven. He stood in the throne room right beside Jesus. Jesus was actually guiding the missiles to their targets, and Russia lost 60% of their people from the nuclear exchange. The problem is people don't realize uh, nuclear protocol for our uh, submarines. They don't realize that once they can't get in contact with headquarters, <laughs> they go to instant launch. They you know, do the whole break the little thing, take out the number, read the numbers to each other, check the chart, and then they go over and they have one guy turn the key, the other guy turn the key, and then all of a sudden all those, you know, Missiles start firing out and, you know, so anyway. <clears throat> Anybody who thinks that they need a direct command from Washington, D.C. is drunk. <laughs> they don't. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So it's, so it's going to get very, very ugly. All right. Now, um, and then those who survive, see, that's a big thing. Those who survive, that's not a lot of people. I mean, you know, there, there's going to be a final harvest. There are going to be those who go into the chamber. There, there's going to be the wheat harvest. But before that, before that all happens, okay, before the three days of darkness happens, there's going to be a lot of bad stuff happening. Twenty-two million people are already going to be dead because of the the, the tidal wave caused by the meteor. Uh, just on the east coast of the United States of Babylon the Great. What about the rest of the world? Like I said, it could be billions. Now, anyway, all that being said, I wanted to get the scriptures out of the way and show you the concept of foreshadowing. And you might say, well, wait a minute, give us another example. Uh, I will. Sure, no problem. Matthew twenty four forty nine says that Jesus, when Jesus was dying on the cross, it says, then Jesus shouted out again and he released his spirit. And at that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. Then the earth shook, rocks split apart, and tombs were opened, and the bodies of many godly men and women who had died were raised from the dead. And they went walking around town. But then, wait a minute. It's correlated to 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 16. During the rapture, it says, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout and the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Now, we all know that they're actually, the time distortion between heaven and the grave and all that is, you know, it's a little difficult to explain, but essentially they're already going to be in heaven. But then they're going to come back down and rise again. I know that sounds a little redundantly redundant, but it is. It's what's going to happen. They're going to come down, and they're going to rise, and then, you know, that's what's going to happen. So there is how foreshadowing works. <clears throat> All right. So now you know, and that's important. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, um, I'm going to move into the next part of this, which is the Ceremony Vision of 1979. <laughs> Okay, it starts out with uh, an uh, Iran or, you know, Iran shoots a missile. It's a nuclear-tipped missile from Libya, uh, hits Israel, starts out there. Then other nuclear missiles are fired from other countries. Um, then there were some precursor events that she saw leading up to it, including 9-11. But then, it, then she sees the third seal financial collapse. She sees chemical attacks on people all over, the, all over the place. But primarily, she sees what the Lord shows her is the United States of Babylon, our country, you know, this country. Uh, she says she sees it happening in New York, Los Angeles, San Francisco, and Salt Lake City. Now, do you think that that's the only place? No. God never shows anybody all the stuff. He only shows them bits and pieces. 
You've got to stitch it together like a puzzle. Then she also sees a flu-like virus that spreads more quickly than the first degrees. The people had blood coming out of their nose, mouth, eyes, and ears, and they died even faster than the disease of the first sickness. So there, there's your Marlberg stuff. Then, you know, there's diseases that spread, murder, mayhem. An EMP occurs. It happens in the United States and Israel. By the way, uh, 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 um, what's his name? Um, oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Um, Maurice Sklar was taken to heaven, and he was given a mighty vision of the Lord, and uh, he saw missiles launched above the United States of America and Israel at the same time. Bam! In the sky they explode, and there is a an electromagnetic pulse that takes out all the electricity in the United States and Israel at the same time. Did he see it happen anywhere else in the world? He did not. Okay? Then there is a, please remember this, horrible winter. Horrible winter. Please remember that, please. Very important. Then there's chaos, starvation, mayhem. It continues. She goes and explains all the horrible things that happen. I'm not going to get into it. I could do I could do an entire show on that, but I already have that. I publish the show constantly as a rerun because people need to memorize it. She sees cities of refuge. Um, she sees them moving around frequently, probably because they're being haunted. Um, she sees Babylon the Great being destroyed, the final nuclear destruction, she calls it. Uh, she sees fireballs and comets uh, starting fires all over the place. <laughs> okay, fig trees, you know, stars falling from the sky, like fig trees shaken by a mighty wind. There you go. Russian Chinese invasion. The problem is she admits that she kind of got a little disoriented on the timing. So we don't know for sure. I wouldn't bet at all that the Russian and Chinese invasion actually happens after the Sixth Seal. Not at all. Not at all. Because um, she admits, she's like, I admit, I don't, things were happening so fast, I, I don't know what happened first, second, third, or fourth. She goes on to talk about global megaquakes, more tsunamis, volcanoes, the United States splitting down the middle, all this stuff is in the Bible. But I will tell you that she gets to a place in her in her extended detailed vision where she says next i saw a mighty wind come upon the wind i'm i'm sorry come upon the earth as the wind hit the earth i saw people go into caves and into cracks and rocks to try to escape its fury by the way this is referring to revelation chapter 6 verse uh i believe it's 16 okay where it says that men and such will hide under the rocks and they won't be able to hide from god so that's revelation 6 Six verse. I'll just try 15. Okay. And the kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the commanders and the mighty men and every slave and uh, free man hid themselves in the caves and the rocks and the mountains. And they were saying, fall on us from the face of him who sits on the throne from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath, Jesus' wrath, has come. And who is able to stand? So you know that Revelation 6.17 is the end of the day of the Lord and the kickoff then for the great tribulation. 
for the great tribulation. At this point, all uh, the dragon and all of his angels, his fallen angels, have been cast down to the earth. Uh, Satan is no longer allowed to accuse the brethren, you know, both day and night. The only people, the only Christians that are allowed are still on the earth are the tribulation saints. They're the ones that have the seal of God uh, in Revelation 9 because the, 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 the locusts are not allowed to sting them. Okay, they're not allowed to sting them because they have the seal of God on their forehead. They're probably wandering the streets. They're probably hiding in the forest. Well, you know, where else are they going to go? Uh, they're, they're digital pass isn't going to work if they even have a phone which they probably don't okay so you know that's pretty bad stuff they're going to be going through hell on earth all right okay so this is you know all this snippeting stitching all these things together is very very important because what it does is it weaves the tapestry helps you to understand that the day of the lord is going to have a whole bunch of bad stuff happen in it it's going to have the great earthquake caused by the meteor that hits the Atlantic off of Puerto Rico. It's going to shake the entire earth. World War III will be in progress. The Gog and Magog invasion will be in progress. And then aliens will arrive. Okay, fig tree shaking like, you know, stars will fall from the sky and the fig tree shaking by mighty wind. There you go. And at some point, there's going to be global thermonuclear war, which is why the sky rolls up like a scroll. But you also have that interesting statement where it says, and the sun will turn black as sackcloth of hair. And that is your three days of darkness happening in the middle of the day of the Lord, which I have just proven to you using the scripture itself precisely when it happens and what occurs. What does happen? Evil angels. Evil angels come. But remember, these are evil classes of beings that God is sending for his judgment. Now, I am looking at the time, and I've got a really wholesome cheek. Okay, so I'm going to haul some cheek. I'm going to read to you um, Monday, October the 21st of 2013. Now, I want you to know that I have a whole bunch of audio bites that I could play as well. Okay, but I'm, I, there's only one of them I think I'm going to play. Okay, just because I need time. All right, and um, I, I will tell you about the other audio bites, um, but I'm not going to have time to play them because they're like five minutes each. All right, so anyway... Um, so on this Bonds blog, Hearing from God uh, prophecy from 2013, and the Lord was doing like a mind meld. He was doing like a Vulcan mind grip with her or something. And, and, and every one of the stuff that the things that the Lord showed her, I, I printed them out. I have, I have highlighters marked. I mean, it oh, – wow. Anyway. So it says right here, it says, I, this is the Lord speaking to her prophetically. I have told you, my daughter, that my three-day warning will soon be heard and felt. Oh, it's so dark, you can feel it. The darkness is so dark, you can feel the darkness. By all of mankind. Oh, and looky here. And the earth will tremble and shake. And darkness will descend. Gee, I wonder what that could be talking about. Sounds an awful lot like the three days of darkness. But lo and behold, it is. So I'll put that over here in my have red stack. Another one. This one was entitled The Order of Events to Come. <clears throat> I don't have a date on this snippet. I cut it out with a pair of scissors. <laughs> I must have got the date off. But anyway, it says, quote, it says, I have given you knowledge of the events to come 
And this is the order in which they will come. First of all, there will be a... Now, remember, as J. Vernon McGee said, God hath not given us all the details. So whenever you read one of these things, believe me, believe you me, God does not give us all the details. He does not. All right, so... The Lord said, and I quote, First of all, there will be a cataclysmic event that will affect all of mankind, and then there will be darkness over all the earth. Three days of darkness. Three days of darkness. There was another prophecy in Bond's blog, which I didn't have handy, uh, which uh, uh, referred to 24 hours before the meteor striking the earth, the sky would turn red. Well, lo and behold, wouldn't you know, uh, Pastor Augusto Perez saw the same vision. Not only did Pastor Augusto Perez come on this radio show and confirm that he saw the sky turn red across the entire world before the meteor struck, but he also saw the same spherical-shaped copper-colored death star that they have created as a sculpture all over the world. He saw that in the sky, and he said he saw many different types of alien fallen angelic beings flying around it in 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 many different types of spaceships. He was on this show when he said it. Next piece of paper. Now we talk about Padre Pio's Three Days of Darkness. I hope that your memory is keen as you're listening to this program, because if your memory is keen, you will remember things like things getting really cold. Remember uh, what was shown in 1979 to Sarah Manet. Well, guess what? This goes all the way back to... January and February of 1950. Now, we have to understand that no Christians are perfect. If you think that you are because you came from a certain denomination, you are suffering from presumptuous sin, look it up. Type in the word presumptuous in the New King James. It is a vile sin to the Lord, and he does not like it. As a matter of fact, I, he said, cleanse me of presumptuous sin, and I will be cleansed of, of a great offense to the Lord, or something along that line. I'm paraphrasing. All right. So what am I saying? Well, what I'm saying is that in every one of the churches that were being given a report card by Jesus in Revelation 2 and 3, had good things and bad things. Good things and bad things. Good things and bad things. See, because Jesus would say... There are some of you in the congregation that, you know, have washed your robes white and clean, okay? And you will not be cast into the Great Tribulation. It's, it's just awesome. In every one of them, there, there was that dynamic. And I think the Church of Laodicea, he, he was, he was kind of like the whole group was getting vomited out. But anyway, there's always exceptions to the rule. But here's the thing. Don't. Whatever you do, don't make the mistake of saying, oh, he's a Catholic. Look at all that Catholic stuff he has in there. That cancels him out. Cancel culture. Cancel culture. Padre Pio is obviously of the devil. Okay. Because you really, when you want to know the manifestation of the accuser of the brethren that accuses the brethren both day and night, there's a two manifestations of the accuser of the brethren. The first manifestation is Satan in the courts of heaven 
which you will see in uh, Zechariah chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. The second uh, manifestation of the accusers of the brethren are to be made manifest on planet Earth, and they're known as Christians. Get it? Okay. All right, let's move on. If we truly have humble and contrite hearts, we would never, ever... We might say, I don't disagree, uh, you humbly with a contrite spirit and, you know, we, you know be, being the Beatitudes, we might say, I don't, I don't really agree with that, Brother Wool, but God bless you and I'll pray for you and have a nice day. And you skedaddle out the back door before they start chasing you down the road with a pitchfork for crying out loud or setting up websites dedicated to destroy your life and your career, which has happened to me. And I pray every single day for the forgiveness of that person, and I am, I'm sorry. I'm sorry it happened, and I wish, even though I was not at fault in any way, I just pray that God will forgive him. And, and I got a big list. Anybody that's ever done something bad to you, put them at the top of your list. I believe it was William Graham, another preacher that uh, had said, nothing will make you fall in love with a man more than praying for him. It's true, too. Some of my most tear-filled, fervent prayers are for those who have stuck gigantic 18-inch chainsaws in my back. (laughs) Hallelujah, I'm set free. All right, so anyway, Padre Pio and the Three Days of Darkness. Okay, well, now I will tell you that there are Catholic-esque things woven in here. Why wouldn't there be? Because it's Padre Pio. Okay, so just get past it. Let's look at the stuff that's important. Okay, January the 28th of 1950, Padre Pio says, keep your windows well covered. Hey, that sounds like Isaiah 26. Go into your chambers for a little while and close the door behind you till the indignation has passed. Keep your windows well covered. Do not look out. By the way, there's some old movie called The Three Days of Darkness. Good luck trying to find it out there. It seems to have disappeared. But it has a lot of the stuff. It's it's old, and the special effects are really crummy. <laughs> but there is. There's actually a movie that they made called The Three Days of Darkness. But anyway, it's probably like biblically inaccurate to the nth degree, but I just found that interesting. Keep your well, uh, windows well covered. Do not look out of them. Then he says, light a blessed candle. I, I say light three, one for the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And have yourself some, you know, wine. I'm not saying get hammered. I'm just talking about, you know, ha, you know, have communion with the Lord. And it says, which will suffice suffice for many days. Then he, t- then he tells you to pray the rosary. Naughty, 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 naughty. Do not do the rosary. That is evil. All you got to do is watch the Muslims with their freaky deaky rosary, and you can already see that that's all messed up. But then he says, pray with outstretched arms, many souls, uh, or or prostrate on the ground in order that many souls would be saved. Do not go outside the house. Provide yourself with sufficient food. The powers of nature shall be moved, and a rain of fire. People tremble with fear. Have courage. I am the I am in the midst of you. This is the Lord speaking to him. So there'll be, okay. So like. Before, so like the so the so the sky turns red, the meteor is heading toward the earth, and fire starts to rain down from above. I hope you're putting it all together. Okay. Anyway, then on February seventh, the Lord 
showed him more. He said, Take care of the animals during these days. I am the creator and preserver of all animals as well as men. I shall give you a few signs beforehand, at which time you will place more food before them. I will preserve the property of the elect, including the animals, for they shall be in need of sustenance afterwards as well. By the way, this would be a very important word for a lot of the Catholics who will probably be cast into the Great Tribulation because they are not repenting of their sins to God. They are using vicars, which is a big no-no, and unfortunately that will almost certainly result in them being part of the Tribulation saints. Okay? All right. Then it goes on, it says, let no one go across the road, even to feed the animals. He who steps outside will perish. Cover your windows carefully. My elect shall not see my wrath. I got some big double glass sliding doors. I've actually thought about putting up a big curtain rod and some thick, you know, blackout windows and things, and I thought, but now since the Lord has shown me so many things, I'm shooting for the barley harvest. I'm not going to make the investment. You know, if I get, look, if if I miss out on the barley harvest, I'm going to, I'm going to, it'll, it'll take me at least a month, month to recover from my fits of horror and crying. Anyway, it says, I will be your protection, your confidence, and obliges in, uh, your, your confidence obliges me to come to your aid, which, by the way, is true, because it says, you will, you will keep him in perfect peace, Isaiah 26, 3, whose mind is stayed upon you because he trusts you. Okay, then Pio goes on uh, with the, what the Lord showed him. It says, the hour of my coming is near. But I will show mercy. A most dreadful punishment will bear witness to the time. My angels, who are to be the executioners of this work, are ready with their pointed swords. They will take special care to annihilate all those who mock me and would not believe in my revelations. Whoa, evil angels. Hey, that aligns to Isaiah 13 perfectly. It also aligns to Joel 2 perfectly. It also aligns to the day of the Lord and the three days of darkness, and the sun shall not, uh, the sun will turn black as sackcloth of fair, and the fig tree shaken by a mighty wind, and stars and all that. It's, it's, everything lines up. It's perfect. And it goes on, it says, hurricanes of fire will pour forth from the clouds and spread across the entire earth. Storms, bad weather, thunderbolts, earthquakes will cover the earth for two days. An uninterrupted rain of fire will take place. It will, be, it will begin during a, are you ready for this? A very cold night. What did I just read from the Zeremonie vision from 1979? Same thing. Same thing. Same thing. The night will be very cold, it says. The wind will roar, and a time of thunderbolts will be heard. Lock all of the doors and windows. Talk to no one outside of the house. The wind will carry its poisonous gases, which will diffuse over the entire earth. That's interesting. Poisonous gases. Hmm. I wonder where they came from. Could it be associated with Planet X? Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Maybe that's when one of the planets from the Planet X solar system gets close enough to put the Earth in a complete state of black, thick darkness. But it's going to be a supernatural, supernatural darkness. 
He goes, uh, after three nights, the earthquake and fire will cease, and on the following day, the sun will shine, and the angels will descend from the heaven and spread the spirit of peace over the world, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, well, buddy, let me tell you something. That spirit of peace is going to last not very long at all, because you're going to enter into the great, those who survive it will enter into the great tribulation. And those who are part of the wheat harvest will be raptured after that uh, period of time. Now then, I'm going to scroll right down. I, I, I got good time. Wow, this is actually kind of cool. So I got through the PO stuff, or at least the important stuff in the PO um, visions. And um, hold on a second. Okay, praise God. Now, how many minutes is this? Ah, it's five minutes and 40 seconds. Okay, well, let me see. I got to watch my time. Okay, so I di- I'm going to tell you this. There is, I have the audio on the audio board, but I'm not going to play it. <clears throat> but this is God's Healer 7, and the, the title is Drought. Look at this, folks. This is going back like, this is before, like, Sister Barbara had her stroke. The, you know, this is going like, probably to like 2013. The title of this particular prophecy that they were given, I think it was probably Brother Dan that was given this one because I can see him sitting there getting ready to go. And he says, the title that they gave it is, get this, and think about what's going on in the world right now, okay? Drought, crop failure, food shortages, hunger, and death. That's the title of it. Well, looky there. Tell me we ain't on the edge of that one. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. And I'm going to scroll down here. Um, Oh, yeah. 2 Peter 3, 10, the day of the Lord. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise. Have you ever noticed that a nuclear bomb makes a great noise? They're really loud. And the elements will melt with a fervent heat. Did you know that it is not possible to melt an element at all, with one exception, a nuclear bomb, which is why it really blows the minds of the archaeologists that dig up, do the dig in Mohenjo-Daro in Pakistan because they find glass fused into rock, and the only way that that can happen is if there's a nuclear reaction or a nuclear bomb. Oh, but then you go back and read the Mahabharata, and you hear about the Vimana, and they're shooting people losing hair because they got radiation sickness, and all this stuff happened like B.C., thousands of years ago. Oh, well. Um, anyway, praise God. So I'm going to go ahead and continue here. Now, um, this is amazing. Okay, so this one's uh, basically titled, A Preview of the Day of the Lord. This is another one from God's Healer 7 going all the way back to at least 2013. And I'm going to read this to you. It says, listen, the lion roars, the birds take flight, you can see the beast. Now, please, if you have seen the movie um, War of the Worlds, the the latest one, you know, the one uh, with, uh, oh, gosh, you know, uh, you know, Mission Impossible guy or whatever, the... Oh, I can, you know, I'm just not remembering people's names very well tonight. But anyway, I don't, it'll come to me in a second. But it's, it's irrelevant. It's called The War of the World. And you probably should have. If you haven't seen it, you need to see it. It's very prophetic. Now, this is what Barbara sees in a vision. She says, I'm going to put the news on to see if something is going on. Because she sees strange lightning happening outside. Hopefully you remember the beginning part <clears throat> of the movie The War of the Worlds. 
fantastic movie. I need to watch it again. Um, but anyway, <clears throat> then she says, I'm going to put the news on to see if something is going on outside because of the strange lightning events. The newsman says the lightning and the thunder can be heard and seen all over the world. The lightning is causing fires everywhere. What's that? It looks like airplanes. I don't know. I can hear sirens. No, there's something else. Yes, I hear it. It sounds like a trumpet blowing. Did you hear that? The news says that the government ordered up our, uh, ordered our planes up. They are tracking something on the radar. Let's go down to the street and see what the guard are, what the, um, and look at the National Guard Armory. I can see trucks coming up the road. I think Excuse me. I think we should go over to the store now. The local news just cuts in and says the schools are all being let out early. All the National Guard units are on alert. I go back to stop at the bank first. I hurry up and I get back before the kids come home. Part two. We better hurry. The place looks jammed. Put on the news. I can't. The TV stations are all off the air. I try the radio. There's nothing. It's off the air, too. I think I know what's going on. Let's get what we need and get home. None of the street lights are working. We have to uh, have to take back the road. See if your cell phone is working. No, it's dead, too. I can feel the earth shaking remember the earthquake that we had the doors were moving in the pictures i think this is what the bible calls the end of time the day of the lord he puts it together telling you man praise god thank you jesus man and woman there's neither man nor woman jew nor gentile but we are all one in the body of christ it's in galatians it's awesome all right and then I read the seven thunders revealed on the, um, you know, the uh, reptilian overlord shows. I'm not going to read it again, but that's all directly related to the days of the Lord. So I'm just letting you know. <clears throat> of course, Isaiah 13, 1 through 16. We just talked about that quite in detail. Going into your chambers for a little while. Take refuge from the coming judgment and the indignation. We got the Dragons of Arabia, Second uh, Ezra 15, verse 28, <clears throat> and some other creatures called the Carmangians that war with the Dragons of Arabia in the sky. Be a lot of aliens going on. Um, I'm scrolling, scrolling to get to this one part which I know I threw in here. Oh, and then there's another God Healer seven that uh, says it's actually entitled "The Three Days of Darkness." Darkness that can be felt. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to come over here. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. There we go. All right. Hold on. Control F. Three days of darkness. Okay. And I got to scroll down to it. Do, 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 do. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Here we go. Okay. Wait a minute. Yep, this one is God's Healer 7 from probably about 2013, if my guess is right. And it says, and it is entitled, The Three Days of Darkness, dot, 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 darkness that can be felt. This is five minutes long. Here we go. Praise the Lord, everyone. Welcome to God's Healer 7 channel and our new uh, YouTube channel called Yeshua's Remnant. And uh, I'm Sister Barbara, and I have another vision I'd like to share with you today. And you could join me. I'm going to be first in uh, Luke chapter 23. I'm going to be reading verses 44 to 46. Uh, let's see, we're 23, 44 to 46. Okay, here we go. Now, this is uh, the, the death of the Lord. Now, it was about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. Then the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was torn in two. And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands, 
I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. Uh, next join me, I'm going to be in Matthew, uh, Matthew 24, 29. Matthew 24, 29, okay. Actually, I'll do 27, 29. Now, there's a direct uh, correlation or parallel or however you want to put it between Luke, that scripture I just read of the Christ death, and Matthew 24, uh, 29. For as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For wherever the carcass is, there, there the eagles will be gathered. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of heaven will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory, and he will send his angels with the great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. That is almost word for word of Brother Dan's uh, prophecy that we're going to do tomorrow. Um, I've never had a vision like this. Um, it has to do with the three days of darkness, uh, the death of the Lord, and then the third day of the resurrection, and then we're going to get tribulation and darkness, a period of time frame. Uh, the Lord says right here, he's going to gather his elect from the four winds. His elect, God's people, both Jews and Gentiles, that will gloriously begin Christ's reign. How about that? So my understanding of all three together, the two, the two visions and Dan's prophecy, is it has to do with the fulfillment and the revelation of the little book in the book of Revelation. So here is uh, my vision that I saw this morning. Uh, I, I could see from chest up, I could see the Lord on the cross. I could see um, the crucifixion. What was most noticeable on him was he had, of course, no, no shirt on, but it was the crown of thorns on his head appeared to be a glow. I could see him, he was still alive at this point, and I could hear him sigh, and then I could see his body go limp. So that was the death of the Lord. So as I stood there, actually, in the vision, thinking, wow, my understanding was that, again, his death was tied directly to tribulation, and the three days of darkness. Now, I know I have, I think, several videos up there about sudden destruction, three days of darkness. You might want to check them out. And again, um, tying into what is the fulfillment now, I think if things are going to be going, I'll use my favorite word, haywire, with the fulfillment of prophecy and things that, uh, that you're going to be seeing. So don't be surprised what you see. Uh, I didn't put the news on. I don't, I don't want to see it. I don't want to know. I read the book. I know it's coming. I don't need to see it with my eyes. I'm going to cover my eyes from it and try to stay away from it. So again, uh, thank you for tuning in to Godzilla 7 channel. The Lord is coming back. Uh, we're getting prophecy about the restrainer, prophecy about Antichrist and the beast, prophecy about the fulfillment of... All right, praise God. Now, what's important to note is that she saw it in a vision. Um, her understanding of timing and all that other stuff is, well, she didn't really get into that anyway. 
Um, and she did a good job of pointing out that Matthew 24, uh, 29, uh, the sign of the Son of Man and all the tribes of the earth will mourn. Think about that. It ain't talking about Jesus. It says the sign of the Son of Man. You see what I'm saying? The sign of the Son of Man. What is that? Is that Planet X or one of the the uh, five to seven um, orbiting planets? I don't think it is actually Nibiru, and I'll tell you why. Because if it is the brown dwarf, the brown dwarf will be, well, it depends on how really big it is. If it is actually the size, three times the size of the Earth, and potentially nearly the size of Jupiter, if it's that big and it has collapsed into a brown dwarf, it is possible if it gets close enough to the Earth that, yeah, it, all, the, all the tribes of the Earth will definitely mourn. Okay, and we know that Cerimony saw it. Look, we have two prophecies from uh, Dr. David O'Rourke. One of them is entitled Prophecy of Planetary Event Above the Earth, and another one is entitled Many Huge Planets to Pass Very Close to the Earth and a Space Rock to Hit Earth. Okay, you know, when you think about that, that is that's really telling to have one. So let's see here. Many huge planets. Okay, let me see how long is this. I got to focus my eyes. Oh, my goodness, it's almost five minutes long. Yeah, that's going to run me out of time because, uh, you know, you know, uh, O'Rourke's he's he's a very interesting, impressive fellow, but um he pads his prophetic words with an awful lot. Jehovah, he like mentions every possible permutation of God's name every single time he does a prophecy. So, yeah, it's it's very, you know, I have to put them, load them up into editors and trim them back and blah, blah, blah. It's, it's, it's uh, challenging. So anyway, all that being said, again, he has uh, two, two of them related to, to the three days of darkness, I believe. Prophecy of planet, uh, planetary event above the Earth, and another one, many huge planets to pass very close to the Earth, and a space rock to hit the Earth. There is your great earthquake, that's the meteor, that starts the great, that hits the great earthquake, causes the Earth to shake, causes the mega tsunami to hit, hit the east coast of the United States, causes billions probably to die across the earth and if there's a bunch of huge planets very close to the earth one of those is probably part of the planet x uh solar system um if it is nibiru that would be it would it would have if and it is this you know like the size as some say of jupiter uh then it really wouldn't have to get all that close to earth but i will say that um, it's probably more likely that it isn't Nibiru specifically, that it might be one of the orbiting planets. But anyway, uh, irrelevant, really, at the end of the day, because some our assumption is that even though the darkness will be supernatural in its nature, and it's so dark that you can actually feel it, um, I think it's reasonable to 
maybe estimate that it's not just purely a supernatural event and that um, it could be associated with God directing. He has control over all of these things, of course, and uh, directing a very close passage of, you know, I mean, here, here you got it, Aurora saying many huge planets to pass very close to the Earth and a space rock to hit the Earth. Well, that pretty much sums it up. Right? Amen. All right. And then last but not least, um, also I wanted to point out that uh, uh, a a young lady who used to refer to herself as 278 Pick Elk, uh, she had one uh, prophecy, which I have on recording here, warning to the bride, three days of darkness, harvest, light bodies, and great tribulation. Harvest, here's your final harvest, light bodies, light bodies. So that matches up with Isaiah 60, verses 1 through 3. The glory of the light shines upon you. You know, it's so obvious. And then the great tribulation, she says. See, this is where what I like about this particular one is it ties in the final harvest to the beginning of the great tribulation, which is a fact. Because Revelation 6, 17 is the day of his wrath, Our Father's wrath has come, and who is able to stand? That kicks off the period of the Great Tribulation, which is 42 months, 3.5 years, times, times, half a time, or uh, uh, what's the other metaphor? Oh, whatever. Uh, Oh, actually, one hour is another one of the metaphors, but there's another one, too. All right, now, um, I want to play this last one here for you because it kind of, I don't know, ties a ribbon. It ties a ribbon on the the whole thing, I think. Okay, so I'm going to type in heavenly instru. Oh, wait, no, that can't be right. Heavenly. Okay, I'm going to try it again. All right. B A P T I S T hyphen heaven. Okay, there it is. Yep, there it is. All right, this is a recording bit that I put together a while back because there was this there's this one lady her name is Lisa. She was well known amongst uh tri- the tribulation nowers if you will. Um uh she knew a lot of people. She would get these real revelatory super ultra detailed visions. And Terry Hill knows her personally. Now, I don't I'm not saying that just because Terry Hill admits that she knows Lisa personally, that Lisa's unimpeachable or any of that kind of stuff. That's not where I'm heading with this. But Terry did tell me that she knows Lisa personally. Okay, now all that being said, uh, I, when I heard this, I I believe it was written down on a web page somewhere, and I put together a kind of a narrative Okay, because what this does is this kind of pulls together the idea that, in, like I said, in Isaiah 26, uh, verse 20, where we are supposed to go into our chambers for a little while until the indignation has passed, which is combined with Isaiah 60, verses 1, 2, and 3, where it says, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you, but deep darkness is fallen upon the people. 
and the people shall run, the Gentiles shall come to your light. The Gentiles shall come to your light. Please remember this, because what I'm about to play, when I play this little narrative, and I get all sniffy and cry and boohooey when I'm reading it, because it is pretty moving. Listen to what happened to her in this vivid vision where she was right there seeing it happen. She was a part of it. All right? I'm going to play this right now. I read you the scriptures. I tied it all together. I linked World War III to it. I showed you where the day of the Lord is. I showed you many other people that are, were seeing it as well in their prophecies, dreams, and visions. It's all linked together. It's all in the Bible. It's a foreshadowing of things to come. We know it's coming. It's going to be part of the day of the Lord. God shows it to his people. For the, Amos 3, 7 says, Surely the Lord God does nothing without first revealing it through his servants, the prophets. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And here is the closing salvo for for the show hallelujah listen to this this is powerful this is a sister by the name of Lisa and she had on a, a powerful mighty vision on 11-7 I'm going to read this to you uh, it says I had a vision Thursday night 11-7 the most powerful clear vision probably that I've ever had as I was sensing the Lord coming to tell me something, I asked him if I was going to see devastation tonight. With what was happening in the Philippines, with what I already uh, know is getting ready to happen, I figured that I would be seeing that. And he said, no, I am going to show you my glory so that, uh, my glory. So I thought, yay, he is going to show me heaven. But heaven it was not. He started to show me a huge shaking like he picked up the earth and shook it hard. Right before that, yeah. something had happened, and I was trying to see what it was. But he did not allow me to see that event. I felt it was mad ma a man-made event. And then darkness hit. And right away, those who are in spirit-filled, clean, pure vessels serving him were transformed. I will tell you what I saw at my house. My home was filled with angels. My, uh, my husband and I were filled with, with more of God than I can ever experience. Than I have ever experienced. And that's saying a lot. I could smell apple crisps. And I saw a glow in my home. It looked like a Thomas Kincaid painting. The joy of love and the holidays. It was the most beautiful looking picture. They were, we were fellowshipping and worshipping and praising God. It felt like the most perfect memory of Christmas with my family. I am assuming the angels were our family because we have none that are close to us. The power and the presence of God was so overwhelming. I cried and cried and I was watching saying, Glory, Lord, glory, Lord. After three days of darkness, we were sent out of the house and people could see who we were. We looked different, transformed, glowing. They either ran to us and wanted to know about Christ and I ran to them or ran to, uh, they ran to us or they ran away from us. The angels went out with us and protected us wherever we went. I was trying to see if the power was turned back on, but I don't think it was. 
I had the sense that this only lasted uh, lasted a week, maybe a few weeks, and then the rapture would happen. Uh, folks, there are also people, praise God, there are also people out there that are being shown by the Lord scripturally that potentially the period of time could be as many as 40 days because of the 40 days uh, you know, that Jesus had spent on the earth and the parallels in the scripture regarding that. There's many of those. Praise Jesus. What? A powerful testimony. Glory to God. All right, praise God. <clears throat> now that's powerful. Think about what she just what 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 she what Lisa saw, what you just heard. And remember, arise, shine. For your light has come, Isaiah 60, verse 1. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And the Gentiles shall come to your light. Tonight is Wednesday, March the 8th. The world is weird. We're getting real close. I don't know when the barley harvest happens. I don't know when the first har- ha- first watch happens. But it definitely, as best as I can tell, isn't too far down the road. Do they bump up against one another to some degree? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. But I will say it's getting real creepy, but at the same time very, very exciting. Because the darkness will rise the light. And we are very blessed. Very blessed to have an opportunity through prayer, especially through prayer, to save the souls of many. And maybe, not just be called, but chosen as part of the first watch, the first fruits, the barley harvest. God bless you all. See you this Friday, 7 p.m. for the prayer vigil, Lord willing.
Children to the clouds, for they shall see my glory. 